All right, so we are live, Business and Buckets. I think this is going to be business episode eight. Uh, here in Las Vegas, got UFC 269 coming this weekend. Uh, so excited for that. And I'm here with uh, Mr. Evan Lundy, um, entrepreneur. Um, I guess, what would your other title be with AT&T, would you say? Entrepreneur in? Uh you know, uh, a corporate suit, um, <laughs> uh, trying to dance in the world of uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, one day, hopefully, doing that full time, um, trying to explore different options and paths, and uh, we'll see if I ever break away. A man of, of many things. So, um, how I was connected with Evan was actually Josh Moore from Field <clears throat> Supplements, uh, right now the one and only sponsor of Business and Buckets. And coming to Vegas, thought I'd you know get some good interviews for the fans while I'm, while I'm out here having some fun, and um, you know I don't know a ton of Evan's story myself, so this will be uh, nice and intuitive for me. But cheers, man, yep, and uh, cheers. thanks for thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, pleasure uh, to be here, and excited to uh, get to know more about you and uh, share a little bit about my story as well. Yeah, pleasure to be uh, here at your own place. For nice sure, spot here in Las Vegas, Vegas, Nevada, uh, baby. Right on Las the Vegas, strip. Nevada. Yeah. Um, I, I could tell you what I know getting out of Seattle was the first thing I was excited for just some yeah. blue sky, man. You know, it's yep. uh, winter there in Seattle. So yeah. coming out here and getting some blue sky, it feels good. So yeah. uh, thanks for having me at your humble abode. But for sure, um, obviously, you know, you're an entrepreneur. You have a job with AT&T. We'll, we'll, we'll lead up to that. But yeah. what really connected us was you're another small town Montana boy as yeah. well. Um, you know, technically I'm from Wyoming. I think I claim Montana because I was very small when I was in Wyoming. Yep. Um, so love to hear the, the Montana story to somewhere yeah. like Vegas at the Strip. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll just start, you know, talk to us about Montana, where yeah, you grew up. Sure. Because I think a lot of people that, you know, view this, they'll be like, cool, we're in Montana. But what does that mean, right? What yeah. does a small town mean? So if you could kind of talk a little bit about that, give us some detail, that'd be great. For sure. So I, I grew up. And Actually, I'm going to pause you real quick. I think that just fell down. Oh, shoot. Yep. Clamp that thing on good, too. They're sneaky. And then you could pick up. I'll just edit the beginning. Cool. So, small town Montana. Give us the yep. details. So, uh, small town Montana, man. It's been a, it's been a crazy journey, honestly, to... To see, you know, where I grew up, um, and I'll, you know, talk a little bit about all the different places I've lived. Um, to be in here in Vegas is honestly mind blowing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So to get back to, you know, Montana, where it all started, um, I grew up uh, 30 miles uh, from Canada, um, about 30 miles from North Dakota. So literally northeastern Montana, tucked in the middle of absolute nowhere. Uh, very small, very small. So to throw some numbers at you, uh, 150 people um, in my hometown. I actually graduated with uh, 10 kids in my class, uh, five boys, five girls. I had 26, I think. So yeah, you got me beat. I know in Wyoming, yep. we used to classify a town as a post office, a bar, yep. and maybe like a grocery store of some sort. Yeah. Uh, what, what did you have in your town? Like what were the amenities? <laughs> uh, so we had, a, we had one gas station. We had a post office, we had a cafe, and then we had two bars. Okay. So uh, that was what we had to basically choose from. Um, the, the cafe uh, was open till I believe like six, seven maybe. Um, so you had to be there, you know, 
right at dinner time. Uh, if you want to get something to eat that was not from the cafe um, and not from your house, uh, you had bar food. So, um, you know, typical bar food, mini tacos, burgers, uh, some steaks. Yeah, but uh, it was it was an interesting upbringing to say the least, you know. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't imagine, you know, I, I classify myself as a small town guy. There's like 1,400 people, yeah. right? No, no um, street lights, but yeah, stop signs. There was a few more things. I think it's funny what's in common with all these little towns. There's more bars than anything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, uh, you know, and, and honestly, those, those bars is what keeps the place going. Uh, you have your farmers that are, you know, in the field all day. Um, it's like clockwork, you know, five, six, seven o'clock. Uh, your regulars are down at the bar. Um, and in the winter, uh, it's it's pretty popping. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Nothing else to do up there, man. You got a, uh, you know, rural Montana. Uh, you know, a couple hundred people. Um, it's majority, you know, farmers, ranchers, um, and you know, the winters they're off season. So it's uh, it's quite the place, man. It's quite the place. When we talk about the desolation of it, what was your nearest like town or like populated <laughs> place? Oh man. So if I want to go to a shopping mall. Um, it was anywhere from two and a half to five hours. Um, that would have been to uh, Minot, North Dakota, or Billings, Montana. Okay. Um, if I wanted to go to a Walmart, you would have been looking at uh, 70, uh, 75 miles. Um, and you know, honestly, like any like fast food was almost the same, 70, 75 miles. So uh, there was there was a town 20, 24 miles north of us. Um, that, uh, that, that did have a few more things, a couple thousand people, uh, Plentywood, Montana, yep. uh, did have a, you know, had a movie theater, um, did have a Dairy Queen. Um, I don't know how many people here are Dairy Queen anymore, <laughs> but, uh, had a Dairy Queen, a couple restaurants. So that was the place to go. Um, if we needed to like really grocery shop, want to really get out and about and do anything. Um, you know, we did have a grocery store in, in, in the town, my younger years. Uh, but unfortunately that, that shut down. So. My grandma, very, very limited yeah, options absolutely. for a lot of stuff. My mom was born in Plentywood, Montana, so really? that's, uh, that's kind of funny. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah. Small, small world out there, right? The, yeah. the few people that live out there. Uh, that's funny. It reminds me of Wyoming. You know, we'd go grocery shopping for a month because, mm -hmm. to your point, there's you only have the little thing in town, and they overcharge for everything because it's all you got. Yep. Uh, so uh, it's funny. That brings back flashbacks. Now, when we talk about it siblings-wise, family-wise, did you have a bunch of siblings, only child? What did that look like? Yeah, so um, I have uh, one sister. Uh, her name's Katie. Uh, she is four years younger than me. Um, other than that, that was that was all the siblings I had. Um, you know, growing up in in northeastern Montana, it's uh, you're, you're you're close to everyone, um, so it almost feels like everyone is brother and sister uh, because there's not much to do. You got to be friends with everyone. Uh, you know, you don't really get to pick and choose who you want to be friends with. So um, I felt growing up, I, I had actually a lot of brothers um, and, you know, even even sisters because it was so close to, you know, so many people and um, such a small little tight knit community. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, does your sister still live in Montana or is she somewhere else? As so well? my mom actually um, my mom moved out to Bozeman a few years ago um, and my sister actually went over there as well. So I uh, she um, she did go to University of Montana. Um, short, for a short period of time, uh, worked up there uh, in Missoula, and uh, she's now in Bozeman, uh, where my mom is as well. So when we think of uh, you know you and your sister growing up in this small town, yeah. I know you're definitely in the you know age range I am, where it's like college was everything, getting yeah. a degree. Like you're never yeah. going anywhere without a degree. Yeah. 
Um, is that kind of how you were raised as well? Did you always have your sights on college? Is that something that just kind of happened? Talk to me a little bit about, you know, what your goals and yeah. ambitions were as a, yeah. a little kid in Montana. Let me take a drink before yeah. I do this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, college uh, was an experience. So um, to kind of go back to that point in time, you know, I played, you know, played sports all through high school, um, really didn't look too much ahead to the future. Uh, growing up in, you know, small rural areas, um, everything small business, um, farmers, ranchers. So uh, you kind of grow up in a bubble up there and you don't really like think too much, I feel growing up in those small areas on what is possible and what's actually all out there. No social media at the time. No, no social no media. No MySpace either. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. MSN Messenger, maybe. <laughs> exactly. I think I had like MSN Messenger and uh, you know, some, uh, some BET and like MTV. Um, you know, you know, got my sports through maybe TNT, TV, you know, uh, ESPN, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, you really like live in a bubble up there. And, um, so yeah, it, I graduated high school, uh, to be honest, had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I did, uh, know I kind of wanted to go to school and at least maybe attempt it and figure out the direction I wanted to go. Um, so I, I had a friend at the time that was, uh, going to University of Mary um, in Bismarck, North Dakota. Uh, I had a couple friends that were branching out. Some were going to Bozeman, Billings, and then I had uh, the other part of my class, they have all kind of went miscellaneous directions. So uh, everyone was doing their own thing. There wasn't really like one place people were going. Um, I decided, you know what, let's, let's, let's pick where I got a friend going to, let's go to North Dakota. So I actually went to Bismarck, North Dakota, um, first year of college. Uh, l l let's just say it was a rough year. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, first, first semester of college, man, um, to be honest, I was just, I was culture shocked. Um, you know, being in a, a larger place, new people, um, my roommate uh, was awesome. Me and him headed off great. And, you know, the, the college experience was, was phenomenal. Um, I got truly sucked in to college. Uh, I think my first semester, um, I had like a point, like three GPA. Uh, I think I failed every class. Um, I think I had like one D minus, which gave me that point three. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, that was, that was kind of like my first real eye opener, man. I was just like, you know, what am I doing? Like I've just, I truthfully was like lost in life because I was from small town. I moved to, you know, Bismarck, North Dakota, which uh, to most is not big, but to me it was, you know, mind blowing. How many people are we talking about? I don't even know. Uh, dude, I, I think Bismarck was, uh, I'd say maybe like 50, 60,000. Okay. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's still it, pretty it, yeah, damn small. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, you know, went to school in North Dakota for a year, um, for that, that first semester, pretty much failed every class. Um, went back, I was, I was like, okay, like what exactly I'm doing? Well, guess what? Got sucked into after Christmas break, uh, got sucked right back into what I was doing the first semester. Um, got in trouble in, in the dorms. We were partying, you know, seven days a week. It was wild. And uh, I got pulled in the dean's office and they're like, so you're either booted or uh, you got a transfer. So uh, first year of college, absolute flop. Um, so 
that's that. Uh, was that kind of like a... <laughs> yeah, not a, good. A family expectation, though? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we want you to go to, co- to college. That's the best route. Yeah. Did your family support that? Or was that something that you just like, hey, yeah. this is kind of society's way. This is what I'm going to do. Like, what was the mindset yeah. behind it? So, you know, one thing about my family is they've always really supported um, what I've wanted to do uh, since day one. Um, whatever my, my vision, my dream, the direction I want to go, they always supported it, um, which was awesome. Uh, so it was one of those things. Um, I, it was kind of on me what I wanted to do. Uh, I was tempted. Um, my dad at the time had a, a pretty successful company. Um, he had a, a large trucking company. So um, I was I was tempted to stick around northeastern Montana. Um, you know, uh, start the family business with my dad. Um, he had you know multiple trucks um, that were running, and jump into that. Uh, I was also tempted, you know, uh, Northeastern Montana, a um, lot of good, you know, paying uh, construction type jobs, uh, fresh out of college, 18 years old, 19 years old, um, you know, paying big money to work construction. So um, I got through that first year of college, um, pretty much, you know, said, you know, University of Mary, I'm done, I'm out, I'm not going. Um, and I did uh, inquire into University of Montana um, in Missoula. Um, trying to figure out the direction that I really wanted to go. So I uh, wrapped up that first school year, um, got a great construction job that summer, and I decided, you know what, I'm heading to Missoula. So uh, that, was, that was part two um, of the college experience, which that itself was a little interesting. Did you have friends <laughs> at University of Montana or is that a solo, uh, solo venture? Um, you know, it was, it, it was a little bit of both. Um, one of the guys I was, uh, I was friends with at University of Mary in uh, Bismarck, uh, he was actually transferring out there. Um, <laughs> and we didn't, we, neither of us really knew too many people. I knew a couple people that I wasn't great friends with, but I knew people there. And I, you know, he let me know that he was going there. And I said, yo, like, I'll go there too. Like, let's live in the dorms for the first year and figure out like Missoula, where we want to live, whatever. Um, and that's when the entire like Missoula wave started. Okay. So, right on. Um, and that's and that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, um, you know, growing up in a small town, I have like a core group of friends. Yeah. One or two of them still like diehard friends to this day. Yep. Uh, do you did you have something like that? A good yep. like connection that you're still really tight with from back home? Yeah, yeah. I got some. Um, I actually got some great friends still from back up there. Um, there's only a couple that live uh, in Medicine Lake area, uh, but I do have some great friends that. Uh, we're from high school. Um, a lot of them still actually live in Montana, uh, between like Billings and Bozeman area, mm-hmm. um, and you know, solid, solid relationships. So um, I actually love it because it's people that, uh, no matter how long you know time goes, uh, we're still the same people that we were, you know, years ago partying, you know, having fun. Yep. And um, I actually go to Montana quite a bit. Um, I was just, uh, I was just up there, uh, stayed in Bozeman for a week with my mom. And then I, I was actually went up to Missoula after a week in Bozeman. I went up to Missoula for Cat Grizz. Okay. So uh, I try to honestly head to Montana as much as I can, man. I, um, you know, God's country. Yep. It's, uh, it's, uh, it, it's a great place and um, still have some really great friends there. Yeah, I was going to go to Cat Grizz when it was going to be game day and then it yeah. wasn't. So I didn't. Yeah. Go, but uh, yeah. I'm glad we beat that ass. So, yeah. Um, but when we look at, again, the small town, so your, your dad has a family business. Yeah. I mean, you know, I didn't grow up with that. I had friends that did, and they're su- surprisingly not with their dad's business. Yeah. A quote I always like to live by, 
is, uh, you may have heard this, it's called the Tell of Two Sons. Yeah. So both these sons have a dad, he's an alcoholic dad, right? Mm -hmm. And one son's an alcoholic as well, he ends up in trouble. They interview him, like, why are you an alcoholic? So well, my dad's an alcoholic, that's all I knew growing up, like, what do you expect from me? The other kid's an entrepreneur, very successful, doing his own thing, and they're like, hey, you know, your dad's an alcoholic, how did you do this, what's going on? He's like, I saw that growing up, and I wanted to live a completely different lifestyle, so I put myself in that position. So for you, when it came to the family business, did you ever have any pressure of doing that? Did you ever look back and going back to that business, or even, you know, later on in college? Or was it simply like, I wanted to do my own thing, and that was what it was? Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's funny, man. I really, uh, kind of going back to that statement, you know, my, my parents really always supported me on what I was, you know, trying to do. And I'll be honest, since, you know, yay tall, um, I always had big dreams. So, you know, my, my uh, family, and we can, you know, talk about this, you know, as this conversation goes, um, you know, the, my, my family's been a roller coaster uh, over the years. Um, with that, it's, it's been quite the ride, honestly. Um, but along with that, um, I went through, you know, a, a lot of different ups and downs emotionally, financially. Um, but, you know, when, when I look at, you know, back at day one, you know, I always had that support from them. I always had those big dreams. And, you know, I, I started from day one, um, you know, my, my, my family, you know, when I was, was young, my, my dad was an entrepreneur. He actually had a body shop business. Um, you know, trying to make ends meet, um, you know, and I've, I've always, we'll talk in this later, but um, I've, I've always loved different material things, especially clothes and shoes. And, uh, you know, since I was little, my, my parents basically said, listen, like, you want something in life, like you got to work for it. And uh, I was pretty much told that from the get go. And, um, you know, I had dreams of having, you know, nice Jordans and, um, you know, cool <laughs> outfits and things like that. And um, by my family, you know, in those early stages, like they didn't have the money for that, you know. So uh, I always, you know, kind of had that itch in me like, well, if, if I want this, this is what I got to do. Um, and I got to put in the work to mm-hmm. to get that result, essentially. So, you know, going back, uh, you know, young kid, I, you know, started um, first job, you know, five, six years old. I was pushing a lawnmower um, around small town Montana. Uh, then actually um, the Billings Gazette, you probably have heard of it, mm-hmm. uh, Billings Gazette, look, um, you know, Montana newspaper. Um, I actually took over the newspaper route. Okay. Uh, so I was, I even like did the newspaper route. Um, and I think I was, I was probably like 10, 11 years old. So, you know, from the get go, I always just kind of had that hunger and drive to like make my own money, do my own thing. Um, but it, it was, it was just everything I, I knew was what I just figured out on my own mm-hmm. because I wasn't in a city where there's all this going on and entrepreneurs and types of businesses and people starting things and things like that. So um, it's really been me from the beginning just trying to figure out like, this is what I want. How do I get it? You know? Yeah, I think one of the things I always talk about with my interviews that have the same uh, experience and background is like the building blocks you get from that small town, not living yep. in a city and growing up that yep. way. But a majority of the people do end up staying there, right? So yep. it's cool that you got that, you know, yeah. use that for your goals to get out of there. Yep. Um, not that it's a bad place we have to get out yeah. of there, but yeah. it's nice to live and experience outside of 200 people. It is. Um, yeah. But with your family being so, you know, entrepreneurial, doing yeah. their thing in the small town, I guess I, I would ask, you know, is that a, you know, 
do you feel like they've had a, a great influence to your work ethic, those types of things? But I think we already know the yeah. answer is yes. Yeah. So I guess, can you just elaborate on like what it was like seeing your parents, your dad doing that as a young kid? Yeah. What kind of things you, you taken from that even to implement into today's world? Yeah, for sure. Um, no, you, you know, it's, you're, you're hitting on something big for me because, uh, you know, I, I've, I've really been humbled, um, <laughs> you know, since, since day one because um, I've, I've, I've experienced, um, you know, so many, so many waves in life and periods of time and whether it's, um, you know, very, you know, very minimal money or very, whether it's, you know, middle class or, um, you know, at, even when my, you know, father was at the peak of his, you know, business. Um, but yeah, you know, you know, from day one, as I said earlier, it was, um, I was instilled from the beginning, uh, work ethic and truthfully, you know, um, when I look at like the success of anything, you know, today, everything comes down to that work ethic, um, and being able to put in that work. And a lot of people, you know, they have those big dreams. They have, you know, they want to do this, that, and whatever in life. Um, they have pictures on their phone of, you know, nice cars and big houses. Um, but they're not really willing to put in that work. So, um, I think especially, um, you know, childhood, especially I would say into, um, you know, middle school and high school where, um, my, my, my family, uh, my dad's business was growing. Um, we started to have, you know, a little bit more money. Things were, things were looking in the right direction. Um, I, I kind of like, I had to do what I had to, um, to get those items that I wanted. And most importantly, um, I watched how hard, you know, my mom and dad were working. So, you know, my, my, my mom worked for, you know, the county for a few years, worked for the Fish and Wildlife Service. She's actually still with them today. Um, and, you know, my dad, uh, you know, he had, a, he had one failed business. Um, he had a body shop business that ended up going under. Um, he was essentially a hired hand for a, a farmer for a period of years um, until he was kind of able to stack a little bit of money. Um, and then, you know, he started pursuing, you know, his dreams of having his own business, um, which was that trucking company, um, which then turned into, you know, trucking um, and basically farming. But, um, you know, that work ethic, I tell you, instilled and seeing not only being told um, that this is what you need to do to be successful, um, but watching, you know, my parents. And, you know, I, I do, um, you know, really look up to them for that because, it taught me, you know, a lot of things from a very, very early age. Um, it wasn't just like you got to do this in order to achieve this. Um, I was watching my parents, um, you know, struggle financially in early years and then become, you know, more successful. And um, it was it was cool for me to to see that progression. Uh, but I think also uh, it makes you respect everything that you have. Um, because you don't really like the average person doesn't really know what it is to have a fridge with maybe like minimal groceries or maybe go into like a, a Walmart or something and a check gets you know a check gets declined or something like that. So, you know, experiencing um, you know levels of like financial freedom um, from an early age and witnessing it firsthand uh, truly taught me a lot. Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, this is a well-stated statement, but like the idea that you have to fail forward in business, right? I yep. mean, the average business, it's like five years to make profit. Most yep. businesses fail after the first yeah. year. So yeah, it's sure. cool that you got to see that. And I'm sure you've, as an adult, gone yeah. through some of the ebbs and flows there as well. Yep. Um, but when we talk about 
um, going to Montana then, okay. you, you start, wanted to stay in school. Was it, I need to get this degree. I have this life path in mind. Yeah, was yeah. it like, I just need to go to school because I don't know yeah. what else I'm doing. Exactly. What was that next step like? Yeah. So, you know, I, to go to Missoula, essentially went to Missoula, um, you know, I, to be transparent, I, I was still doing a lot of stuff that I was doing my first year of college. A uh, lot of partying in Missoula. My some first good parties in Missoula, man. <laughs> good yeah, by know, the way. <laughs> you know, some some really good parties, uh, really good parties, man. I can't even stress that. Like, um, you know, a variety of party houses. Um, you know, hundreds of, of people, awesome people. You know, a lot, a lot that I actually still keep in touch with. Um, you know, through the journey in Missoula. But yeah, man, it was it was one of those things. Um, where I just, I, I got to Missoula, I started doing the whole college thing. I invested a few years and it was one of those things I kind of looked at myself and said like, I put in this much time, like I gotta finish. Like I've, you know, put in X amount of years. Um, so I went to college for a full uh, six years. So uh, I probably should be, you know, doctor <laughs> going in that direction or something. But uh, yeah, unfortunately six years. I think that's more common than yeah. not though, especially yeah. in today's world. Yeah. So uh, it, that, was, that was my initial thing. It was just more, I, I, need, I need to finish what I started. Um, and at the you know, point in time, man, I'll, I'll, I'll be real. I was just, I really wasn't like driven and passionate about anything. It was more just like, I, I live for you know, the party, I live for the weekend, I live for uh, you know, the next semester, winter break, summer <laughs> break, you know, whatever. Like I really didn't have like anything in mind I was just more living for the party there um, uh, until I, you know, got done with school. And that's when things like, it was like, oh, like reality, like I do have to like get a job. Like I do have to pay rent. I do got to do all these things. Um, and, and, you know, during the college years, I'll, I'll be honest, I was very blessed. Um, my, my, my dad's trucking company that he started, you know, when I was in middle school, going into high school, um, started to become very successful. Um, you know, doing, doing very well, um, you know, I, I had financial freedom to say the least. Was so, he doing trucks for the oil field? So he, he was doing a little bit of everything. Uh, majority of his business was grain hauling. Okay. So um, he was hauling like local grain for farmers, um, peas, lentils, uh, wheat, um, a little bit under the sun. So yep. now um, I know for me, I think college is definitely changing. You know, now there's yeah. even remote school is very common, yeah. which holy shit, I thank God that wasn't a thing. I don't think I could ever yeah. done that. Yeah. Um, but for me, a lot of people ask, you know, was it worth it? You know, I did my four years, I got a bachelor's, you know, should I go to college? Those kind of words of advice. And I yeah. think, you know, for someone like you as well, who didn't yeah. have a very, like, this is what I want to do, you know, that's almost a challenge. It's like, well, you know, I spent a lot yeah. of money. Yeah, yeah. You know, am I utilizing the degree that I had? Yeah. Was it really a, a great move in hindsight? But for me, a lot of that college experience did help mold me and mature yeah. me and like learning from other yep. people. But it, that phase, if I would just to take that out, went into the real world. I, I don't know what, you know, where yeah, yeah. that would be. I think it's a very key phase because it we is. are like in a weird maturation phase yep. of like, you know, being handheld to yep. figuring things out. And if you just go straight into the workforce, then you're almost just kind of stuck in the workforce. Yep. So for you, what was your degree? Uh, does yeah. it benefit you today? Yeah. And if you were to go back and not do school, would you change it yeah. or would you still go to school? Yeah. So I graduated with uh, a degree in business management um, from University of Montana uh, after six years. <laughs> and uh, I, I really liked what you said. And 
Um, college is truly an experience. Um, and I think it's an expensive one, but <laughs> very expensive, very expensive. Um, but I, I think it was, uh, it was an experience, um, that I number one, like learned a lot from, um, but it, for me coming from a small town, I think it was really necessary. Um, because I, you know, if I just went from, let's say I did have a, a, a close college that I could have really went to and, you know, I, I, I don't see. I don't see me being as outgoing and so open-minded as I am today um, if I didn't go to you know college. Um, what I can say you know on college, I think today um, it very much depends on what you're you know trying to pursue. Um, there's obviously those those degrees where schooling is 100% required, uh, but you also have so many avenues today uh, to make money. Um, you know, we'll talk about this later, but there's so many entrepreneur routes, so many industries, um, so many ways, you know, to make money. And yeah, if you're, if you're passionate, um, about, you know, starting some form of business or going down some avenue in life, um, and it's, it's not something that quote unquote requires, um, a degree, uh, I think, I think it is something that, you know, people can, you know, play their cards a little bit okay. with. Um, but I think also times have changed. You know, um, I, I'm 34 years old. Uh, I went to college from basically 18, you know, through 24. Uh, I've been out of school, you know, almost 10 years now, you know? So uh, a, lot, a lot has changed in, in, in a 10 year period um, and just, you know, what is possible in, and capable in the world today. Would you go back to school if you could do it again or would you try to, do you think, maybe do something else? I think if I went back to school, it would be more for me personally not really to go get something so I could pursue something else. It would just be more, um, more for me personally. Um, you know, I, I, you know, when I was in Missoula, I think I, it, it was, I was there a full like three and a half, four years until I finally said, this is the degree I'm going to get. Um, and it's it actually, that's kind of a funny story. I, I had like the Van Wilder moment <laughs> in a, in a, in a college. And as I said, my, my dad blessed me, you know, throughout college to live, you know, extremely over the top, um, you know, college lifestyle and, um, you know, very got, you know, very, very minimal working and, you know, just living an awesome college life, to be honest. And I had that kind of Van Wilder moment where uh, I was like, my dad was like, you know, listen, like, it's time to get your shit together and you either got to get a degree or cutting you off. So. Um, I really kind of did a crash course at the end, um, got my degree in business management. I think I graduated with like a hundred and like 80 or 90 credits. And I think, uh, you know, degree college degrees, like 130 or something, maybe. I don't even so know. anyway, um, I have probably like, I could go back to school, uh, for probably a good year, year and a half, pick up a couple minors, but it would just be more for me personally. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have any need today, honestly, um, to go back and do that. Uh, I, I believe, especially in the entrepreneur uh, world, a lot of it is just hands-on experience. That's, that's where you learn um, you know, the, the, the nuts and bolts and everything that you need to be successful. So. Well, I could fill you on that. I like to say my college experience was failing forward, right? Learning yeah. how to, oh, shit, I didn't pay my bills. What do I do, yeah. right? Oh, this going through life experiences. Yeah. It was that good buffer phase. So I, I fill you on all those. And shout out Pops, right? Getting you yeah. going on there. Easy yeah. enough. Yeah. So you went to University of Montana. Again, shout out to your Pops. Go Grizz. 
I got the maroon today. Didn't even yep. realize. Yep. Um, but what was next? You know, you you really you know didn't have a huge goal yeah. you wanted to finish. You got the degree. Yep. Did you have you know, were you someone who was like, here's my goal, here's my 10-year plan, my mm-hmm. five-year plan? Were you kind of just like letting life come at you? What, what was that like? Yeah. So, you know, as I said, like uh, during college, man, I was like, I was like just really living in the moment. I was, I, I was living for the party. I was having a lot of fun. Um, I had a great group of, of people I was surrounded by. And, you know, when I got done with college, um, once again, I kind of hit that point where, you know, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I, you know, got a job to like satisfy my parents. As soon as I graduated, I was uh, working at the mall. Um, you know, worked at uh, worked at a, a series of mall jobs. Uh, Buckle. I worked at uh, PacSun. Got Buckle jeans um, on still, baby. <laughs> and uh, I actually worked at uh, Abercrombie. I think I only lasted there one day. Um, they wouldn't let me wear Jordans. Mm. Um, they wanted me to wear flip flops uh, during the middle of winter. So I was like, that's not going to work. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, so I, you know, got done with got done with college, took this like little, you know, random mall job. And I I finally like I did that for about 3-4 months. Um, my parents at that point in time were pretty much like, you know, Evan, you're done, like it's time for you to figure out your life. Um, you went to, you know, University of Mar- uh, Mary in North Dakota, messed around for a year, pretty much failed every class. <laughs> I, you know, went to 4 years of school in Missoula, didn't know what I was doing did a crash course and basically finished up in about a year, year and a half, uh, my degree. And here I was, I was 24 years old. Um, I did the college thing like, you know, uh, my friends were doing. Um, I did, you know, get out of Northeastern Montana, but I I was still lost. So I actually started applying for jobs. Um, uh, Denver was my first option. So I I was looking at different cities, getting outside of Montana. and uh, Denver intrigued me. So I actually you know, applied for a few jobs, uh, flew down there. I think I did like five interviews in like one day. Um, I you know, flew back and uh, this was the, essentially the following week that I came back from Denver. And I was out at one of the bars, my parents were in town and uh, I had a, um, my friend's sister, I ran into her out at the bar and she worked for AT&T. And she was the store manager at AT&T. And you know, I was pretty much telling her like, hey, I, I you know, went to Denver. Um, I actually found out that following week that I landed a few jobs. So I kind of told her, I was like, hey, I think I'm gonna go to Denver. Um, I'm gonna you know, leave Montana and I'm gonna try to start, you know, start my life. Well, um, after probably a couple drinks at the bar, uh, the best she, conversations, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> after a couple of drinks at the bar, she says, you know, hey, like you, you know, got a good personality. You're this, you know, quick talker. Um, why don't you come, you know, sell cell phones? Um, it's actually, you know, pretty good salary coming in uh, for Montana. I'd make a little commission and see where it goes. Well, uh, fast forward uh, 10 years last month. Um, I'm actually still with AT&T. <laughs> so uh, that's that. Um, I ended up squashing the whole Denver plans. I said, you know, hey, I'm not going to go to Denver. I'm going to stay in Montana. Um, and I started with AT&T. So that was where, you know, my AT&T journey kind of started. Um, I was a sales rep. Um, I was the guy that was, that was pushing those cell phones, calling all my friends, trying to get them to upgrade, uh, you know, sell them their 
cases, screen protectors, <laughs> speakers, you know, whatever I could basically get them. So um, that's that's where you know I, I would I would say my you know career um, started, um, and it's uh, it's taken me to where I am today, um, and it's actually kind of taken me to many different states, many different cities, and um, it's honestly mind blowing that I'm still at the company. Yeah, that's that's a crazy story, especially AT and T. I know. I got into sales. I wanted to be in broadcast journalism. I was yeah. going to be a sports reporter on yeah. ESPN, all these things, and quickly realized one year into the job, I was like, damn, I prepped my whole life for this. Yeah. And it's like seniority-based, like completely not what I thought it was going yeah. to be. Oh, shit. And yep. I got into sales. Yeah. And f- where we come from, it's like sales. Like, you're in sales? Like, yeah, there's yeah, kind yeah. of like a, a weird yeah. stigma to that. I thought that made me kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. And then I really learned a lot, more than I had ever had, and yeah. it provided me amazing values to where I am today. Yep. So for you, just doing the random AT&T job, what yep. were some of the things that you learned from that? Do you feel like it's translated into your entrepreneurial spirit oh, and where 100%. you are today? Yeah. So, you know, I, as I told you, during, during college, I, I worked a little bit um, at, uh, you know, clothing um, in shopping malls. So I, you know, started in, in college. I, a lot of people tell me, they're like, yo, like, you, you need to be in sales. Like, 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 <laughs> like, you're a sales guy. You got this, you got this mouthpiece on you. Like, so I always kind of, people always told me that, you know, like, you should really get into this. And I got my first experience and, you know, taste of sales uh, in the clothing. So I did the clothing a little bit, and um, you know I got started with with AT and T man, and I kind of realized I was like, yo, this is this is something I'm actually pretty good at. I started off, you know, in the in a in a store in Missoula. I was actually a, a sales rep there, um, and I was also a sales rep in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. So I, I did uh, front uh, customer service, uh, you know, customer facing um, sales with AT and T in two different locations. And, you know, that that taught me, I think, number one, confidence with, you know, talking to customers, you know, um, facing, uh, you know, problem solving, overcoming objections. Uh, and, and, you know, truthfully, just um, like building rapport and relationships with people uh, to get them to buy something from you. And, you know, I have I could I could go on a, soul, a whole, you know, sales spiel here. But, um, you know, learning how to create a need. Uh, for a product and service, uh, bridge that gap and get that customer to say yes. So um, AT&T truly you know, taught me a ton. And what's, what's awesome with my journey with AT&T is um, it, it you know, gave me a skill set in so many different things uh, that is helping me with all the avenues I'm trying to jump into today. So you know, as I said, I did a couple years of sales um, I was in I was in Montana, um, I was in Wyoming, and then I actually moved to Hawaii. Oh, so wow. uh, I moved to Hawaii. I was in Hawaii for like a little under two years, um, and I was uh, assistant store manager. Was that at, due to the job or just yeah the job? Yeah the job. So my my boss at the time in Wyoming, uh, she took a job down there, and I you know was doing well in Montana. Got offered to go to Wyoming. Um, Jackson Hole. Not sure if you've been there, but uh, I grew up right up there, baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of money, a lot of money, and, a lot um, of money. Yeah. So, uh, from a sales job perspective, uh, there was opportunity to really make number one good money, um, but number two, kind of get my name out there. Um, uh, AT and T has you know different like you know stack rankings and things like that with like sales performance. So, 
Um, it was an opportunity, like it was my first opportunity in my quote unquote new career um, to kind of, you know, progress, um, grow and, you know, get a little bit more exposure. So it was one of those things I, I performed in Montana. I then went to Wyoming. My boss said, you know, hey, you should come out to Hawaii. Um, anyone has an opportunity to go to Hawaii, uh, they're going to jump on it. So uh, I then said, okay, hey, you know, I've got this whole sales thing now. Um, I've, you know, learned this, le- learned this skill set as a frontline salesperson. I'm good at it. Um, let's now get some leadership experience. So Hawaii, I uh, moved out there and I was in uh, three different stores as an assistant store manager. So um, I was that manager um, on the sales floor that, you know, is dealing with upset customers and, um, you know, maybe helping out some of the agents with, uh, you know, sales themselves or um, pretty much anything and everything. But uh, it, it, it taught me a lot. Um, I will say it wasn't always fun at times <laughs> uh, dealing with upset customers and, getting yelled at about uh, things that are completely out of my control. But, um, you know, going back to your question is I working, you know, corporate America, uh, you know, it wasn't anything I I really expected of myself or really wanted to do. Um, But I look back at it and it's taught me so much. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. Every single entrepreneur that I've had on the show, and this is kind of just a common sense commonality, but it's sales. Yeah. Everyone's done sales somewhere yeah. that's led to this yeah. this this passion. So, you know, I didn't even know that about you coming in. So that's that, that's cool yeah. that that ties together. Um, how about coming from small town Montana to living in Hawaii, you yeah. know, not going to Denver, but now living in Vegas, living in yeah. Wyoming. What do yep. you think seeing and living in different environments has, has taught you or do you feel like it's provided anything to the Evan, the final yeah. Evan that we have in front yeah, of you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, I think first and foremost, Um, I said this at the very beginning is growing up in northeastern Montana, um, you're in a bubble. Um, You have, you know, people only do certain jobs. Um, There's majority of people have the same outlook on life. Um, A lot of people have like this, you know, cookie cutter, you know, lifestyle. This is, you know, this is my life. This is what I do. This is what I don't do. I, you know, um, and I think, you know, coming from such a kind of like sheltered area and not, uh, you know, you know, in, uh, I, I truly call it like not in the real world because it's just, it is so, you know, uh, remote, but, uh, number one, it, you know, taught me like, you know, putting myself in, you know, new environments, um, putting myself in situations that I was not comfortable in. Uh, it, it, it taught me so many different skill sets because, Keep in mind, you know, growing up in northeastern Montana, you're you're surrounded by, you know, I went to school with the same 10 kids. Um, you know, I know the lady across the street. I know the lady, you know, two blocks up. I, I know anyone and everyone in the whole town. And when you start putting yourself um, in these, like, uncomfortable situations and, well, I don't know anyone. And, you know, just to make a point here, I didn't know, you know, a single person besides my new boss when I moved to Hawaii. I didn't know uh, actually a single person when I moved to Wyoming besides my boss that originally brought me there. Um, And, you know, one other before I was in actually Vegas, um, I did the exact same thing and I moved to the Bay Area. Um, I was outside of Oakland uh, for about four and a half years. So I I essentially, you know, this journey with AT&T, it, um, you know, really put me in a lot of situations and I truly don't think you're you're ever going to grow 
um, unless you're uncomfortable. And that's, I think, the biggest thing I can tell you that, that it's taught me. Um, I was surrounded by new environments, new cultures. Um, you know, uh, you know, growing up in Montana, we have, uh, we have white and we have, you know, Native American. And, you know, moving to places like Hawaii, which is so culturally diverse. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, 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 I will say, I got I to gotta say this about Hawaii is, you know, it was one of the, the happiest places I've ever been and some of the nicest people. Um, and it was, it, it was honestly just a great experience seeing such a different, you know, culture and lifestyle and how people's, you know, mindsets are thinking. And um, I think it was, it was cool because, you know, if you look at my, my journey from Montana to where I am today, um, I almost had like these different stepping stones. And I went from Montana to Wyoming, which are very similar, you know? And then I went to Hawaii, which is just, a melting pot that's what they call it you know it's a melting pot of people and then i go to somewhere like the bay area and not only is the bay very culturally diverse uh the bay area is kind of the opposite of hawaii when it comes to like lifestyle <laughs> hawaii is very aloha oh hawaii is very laid back people in hawaii they make enough money to survive live a good life have you know cookouts on the beach spend like good time with friends and family, like that's what's important. And then I go to somewhere like the Bay Area and I'm just like, you know, slapped in the face. <laughs> I went from like, you know, these, these real aloha, family oriented, you know, Hawaiian culture. And I go to the Bay Area and it's like bigger, faster, stronger. <laughs> you know, I have this car, I drive this, I have this job. I'm not only, you know, a corporate suit, but I have all these companies and the Bay was just like another, just like, wow. Like, and you know, it's truly made me who I am today. Um, putting myself in these different environments where I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Um, and it, it goes to, you know, where I am today and the direction I'm going is just, I'm open-minded. Um, I I'm truly open to anything and everything. And I don't necessarily say like, no, I'm not going to do this um, because I've I've experienced so much and I've went to places I thought that I would once never go to. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, not to not, not to go to, you know, too far down the rabbit hole. We like the rabbit hole here. man. But uh, these these different, you know, states and cultures and, you know, people um, is is really been an experience. And um, honestly, I feel me personally. Uh, it's, it's made me more well-rounded, um, and it's honestly created the person I am today. If I didn't, you know, go to places where I'm not going to lie, I've been, you know, very lonely, um, in these places. I've also been very happy. Um, and I've had, you know, those, those in-betweens, the highs, the lows, and the in-betweens. So, uh, it's cool, man. It, it's cool. I, I really, um, and today uh, I'll be honest, like I'm really like addicted to, you know, like the fast paced and going and exploring. And, you know, I look back in like high school days, I'm not gonna lie, I was, I was scared to leave. You know, I was, I was a little bit scared to go to college and branch out, meet, you know, meet new people. And like, now I'm the opposite. You know, now I'm like, what city can I catch a flight to? You know, um, I'm out at, you know, a bar, I'm with a group of people, like I wanna meet new people. Like um, my outlook is just so much different than it was. Um, you know, 10, 15 years ago. 
So I can totally relate. I've only lived in Wyoming, Montana, and Seattle. Uh, I was planning on going to Boston. We have a smart sheet location in Boston, but then COVID cool. hit. Um, so it's cool to hear. Uh, did AT&T bring you to California as well? Was that yeah. like, a, and were all these like promotional jumps? Yeah. So I, um, you know, I started off at AT&T in, in sales. Um, Hawaii, I was like, you know, assistant store manager. Um, the Bay Area, uh, I took multiple roles. So when I left Hawaii, I was an assistant manager at a few different roles. Uh, I was I was very successful. I you know bounced multiple stores. Um, I was making an impact at each. I was trying to get promoted to a store manager. At the time, I really wanted to stay in Hawaii. Um, my you know heart was honestly in Hawaii. Loved it, um, but I had a couple of other things going on. So. You know, number one, um, you know, my my boss that was in Hawaii, she moved to the Bay Area. Um, you know, he, you know, she tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Hey, um, I know you like Hawaii, but I got an opportunity for you here." Um, and Hawaii, uh, being a smaller place, a little bit of politics, a little bit of a waiting game. Um, that's something you gotta, you know, deal with and understand in corporate environment. Like sometimes you gotta wait your turn. Sometimes you gotta, you know, play your cards a little bit. Like. It's, it's not all rainbows and butterflies and just, you know, climb, 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 climb. So uh, I was really torn on, you know, to ride the wave in Hawaii, literally, um, or, uh, you know, go to the Bay Area and continue to grow my career. Um, and what happened was, uh, it was, I, you know, this is where life kind of got a little interesting. <laughs> um, I, I, I was starting to realize that, you know, hey, I think it's in my best interest to um, you know, although I'm very happy here, I think it's my best interest to take this opportunity in California, um, especially the Bay Area. There's, it's, you know, um, from an AT&T standpoint, one of the largest markets, tons of opportunity. Um, but what really got me out of Hawaii, uh, unfortunately, was everything I had going on with my family. So um, there was some family stuff uh, that, that, that came up. Um, you know, as I spoke on previously, uh, my, my dad, you know, went through, uh, you know, the entrepreneur, you know, wave, um, you know, had a business at, you know, when I was very young, it was, it failed. He was a farmhand, got into the trucking company. Um, he became very successful with the trucking. Uh, he also uh, ended up jumping into farming and uh, there's no other way to say it, man. Uh, more money, more problems. <laughs> And what, what kind of happened was I started having some family stuff go on. Um, I realized that I needed to be closer to my family and it was, it just basically made sense. So that, that was like, you know, where really life kind of like life, life got real. Um, I would say in like my mid to late twenties, because I was like, wow, like, like now I'm like, you know, like I was once this college kid that was just living for the party, <laughs> living for the next, you know, 30 pack of Bud Light or kegger that I was gonna throw at my house. And now I'm like, you know, I'm in a career, I've taken a few promotions, I wanna keep getting a promotion um, and, you know, keep climbing this ladder, but then I got life coming at me and I got, I got family problems going on. Um, I got, you know, my, 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 my dad that um, unfortunately, uh, started dabbling into, um, he was, you know, always, a, a, you know, did his decent amount of drinking, um, unfortunately got down into the drugs. And uh, the drugs were here and there. Um, the drugs became harder. 
the drugs became more frequent. Um, and now all of a sudden, we got a mess on our hands. Um, I, got my, I got my mom, uh, unfortunately, in a very awkward situation. Um, my, my dad is you know, essentially going off the deep end without getting into too many details. Um, my mom is at risk. Uh, her, her health, her life in general um, was at risk. And I needed to make that move and say, I gotta get out of Hawaii. Um, this is in best interest for not only my family, but for me personally. So um, moving you know, to the Bay Area was, was, was quite the time. Um, at the time, on top of, uh, on top of all of this, um, you know, I, I did have uh, a girl I was seeing for a period of time. Um, you know, me and her were, uh, you know, off and on a little bit. We did live together in Wyoming and uh, Hawaii. We went separate ways. So big lifestyle change <laughs> on a personal level. I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing with my, with my career. And then I got my family that's just, that just a complete mess. So uh, the Bay Area, man, was, was um, quite the time. I'll, I'll tell you, like my first few years in the Bay was very interesting. Um, and you know the the whole you know going back to like the experience and what it taught me, um, I got through into some uh, store locations that I'll be honest, I don't think I was ready for at the time. Um, I look back to it and it was like big responsibility. You know, I was I was managing a store of you know twenty thirty sales reps, um, you know big store locations, and uh, it it really taught me a lot, man, because I had to I had to juggle a lot of things in my life. Um, I was being trusted to, you know, run some big locations in California and I didn't want to let my boss down, but also in the back of my head, every single day, day in, day out, I had family turmoil going on. Um, you know, my, my mom and dad, uh, ended up getting a divorce. Um, I had to get my mom out of Northeastern Montana for a variety of reasons. Um, I was trying to get her basically out of Northeastern Montana over to Bozeman, um, you know, and my mom at that point in time, to be honest, she was born and raised uh, northeastern Montana. That's all she knows. So I'm trying to take care of my mom, make sure she's okay. I got my dad going absolutely bonkers, and I'm trying to juggle my own personal life. And I'm telling you, man, it was a, it was it was a couple years of just pure chaos. So. Well, thanks for opening up yeah. and giving us the details. That's great. Mm -hmm. I know that it's funny, you know, I, I could relate to a lot of that at yeah. the same time frame almost. So that's yeah. kind of funny how that works out. Yeah. Um, when we look at this and managing all this, I mean, you hear famous entrepreneurs, you hear the yeah. Gary V's, all these people that talk about these things yep. and that how you have to manage that. I, I, I guess, what are some things that pulled you through that? Do you think yeah. you had a circle of influence of friends and family that you yeah. could pull through? Do you think it was just you know, a routine you set yourself in to be successful? Yeah. I mean, what, what do you think were some of yeah. those things that helped you push through that, keep going on, and uh, yeah, yeah. pursue your career and make the family situation better? Yeah, so um, I'll be honest, like it was like, it got down to like a lot of just like mental toughness. Um, I had to really like learn how to control my emotions. Um, and I had to kind of train myself to turn things on and off. Um, everything that I had going on personally, you know, in my head, uh, I couldn't let it, you know, affect my performance, you know, at work. So um, I can say that there was, there was things that I was doing uh, during that point in time, um, you know, that, that, that helped me. Um, I can also say there was things 
that I was doing during that time, I'm not proud of. Um, <laughs> that I probably wasn't, uh, you, you know, uh, handling things properly. So it was, um, it, it was kind of all over the place. And I'm not gonna bullshit you and say that, you know, I was, you know, had this like, you know, strict routine that like got me, you know, perfectly on track. And if you wanna, you know, deal with problems in life, this is what you need to do. No, it, it wasn't like that. Um, what I can say is when you're dealing with tough times, um, it's, it's a lot of trial and error. And you just, you gotta, you, you gotta try to figure out what you gotta do to get through those times um, and, you know, take it day by day. So, you know, first and foremost, I will say, I really just started looking at things as, you know, what can I control and what I can not, what can I cannot control? So, you know, number one, controlling the controllable and figuring out like, okay, here's the current situation. What, what am I able to, you know, handle and what's so far out of my reach? I got to tell my brain to quit stressing about this and quit worrying about this. So that was kind of like my first step was really starting to understand what I'm in control of and not. Um, I think, you know, when people deal with tough times and go through things, uh, there's a lot of, you know, mourning. There's a lot of just, you know, you kind of isolate yourself. You're to yourself, all those things. Like, um, you have to take those, those measures. You do need time for yourself. You do need to have time to reflect. But um, most importantly, I think it's about training yourself from the get-go. Like, hey, like, I got to continue my life. Like, although I have all this circus going on on the outside, I got to take care of me and I got to take care of myself. And then I got to take care of, you know, like my immediately family, which would be like my mom and my sister. So that's where I kind of started. Um, I can say that I, I started working out uh, way more um, than, I, than I did in Hawaii. Um, Hawaii, <laughs> I, I definitely got sucked into just like enjoying the beach and, you know, a lot of drinking. And, you know, I, I was like, I've always been that person is like I have good balance. Um, but I, I am a sucker for a good time. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it, it's, it was just starting off in the Bay. It was like figuring out what I can control. Um, you know, number two, I can say is I just tried to keep myself busy. Um, you know, which is kind of the opposite of, I feel some people, uh, some people, when they go through the tough times, like they really isolate themselves. Um, and I can say that I did that, um, at times and for a period of time, but most importantly, I just tried to stay busy. Um, I tried to find myself uh, like a good friend group, um, people that were you know supportive of, of me, people that could kind of get my mind off certain things. Um, I started you know diving into you know reading books. Uh, that just, was going to be just, a question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, you know just like getting getting my my mind off of what's in front of me. Um, and I think we live in like such a world now of like, you know, social media and TV and content. And like, um, I think sometimes it's like people try to escape the, you know, reality in the, in the real world by going to some of these places. But honestly, sometimes those, those, that those social outlets and, and media that's out there is more, is more toxic than what you have in front of you. So I, I think it's, it's little things, you know, like that. And um, the, the Bay Area, those first two years, man, was just really about like finding myself like I my way of like, staying busy was just like I just worked, 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 worked. Um, and, you know, although, you know, me and my dad had our period of time where we didn't see eye to eye and, um, you know, he he, uh, you know, turned our family into what it is today. Um, 
you know, he did teach me that work ethic. And that was kind of like my escape. So I tried to start doing things that I knew were good for me, such as like working out, maybe like reading some books, you know, outdoor activities, you know, hiking, you know, things <laughs> like that. Um, but a lot of it for me was my escape was let me put my head down and let me just grind. And, you know, that's that was where, to be honest, I, I kind of like it really pushed me to take like my performance, you know, to a next level. So, um, you know, fast forward some time in the Bay, you know, went through this like real rough period, my first like year, two years, um, you know, you know, hung out with, you know, different, different girls and was partying and I, I was doing a little bit of everything. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to bullshit you. And, uh, I really just like put my head down and I grinded, um, and I was able to get out of store management and I was get, able to get into like area management. So, you know, that's where I was able to like, I really feel that I was like my next chapter in life started is, you know, chapter one was I'm in college and <laughs> I'm like transitioning like into like this real world. And it's like this like journey of like trying to find what I'm supposed to do. And then it's like, okay, like, you know, you know, chapter two, I'm like, really like, okay, like this is my job now. Like I want to perform, I want to be successful. Um, and I needed to figure out how to be successful. And I was learning so much along the way of not just when you get into management in corporate America, you have to start, you know, it's not just about like being a good performer. You have to be a good, you know, uh, leader. You have to be a good communicator. Um, you know, there's all these different skill sets that upper leadership was looking at. So that's when my, you know, my next chapter started was, um, I moved up a level of leadership in AT&T, got into area management. Um, and that's what I was actually doing uh, up until May of this last year. Uh, I was doing, uh, um, you know, uh, area management, uh, overseeing, you know, corporate retail stores for a period of time and then authorized retail, you know, stores for a period of time. So it was like, I, you know, it's a, it, 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 it just, life is, there, you're always gonna have issues, you're always gonna have problems, you know, popping up. And it, it's all about just riding that wave and being able to pivot where you need um, and controlling your emotions. And like, that's just what I really had to do over the years, because I've, I've had a lot of ups, I've had a lot of downs, man. And, you know, I, I got through, you know, the family stuff. Um, you know, my, my uh, you know, dad, mom, you know, divorced, they're doing their own thing. Um, my, you know, mom is, is doing, you know, awesome in, in Bozeman, extremely happy. Um, my, my, my dad is, uh, working on, you know, staying sober and, uh, clean and getting his life, you know, in the direction that it needs. But, um, yeah, I got into, you know, this, this, uh, next level of, um, uh, leadership in AT&T and that's what really started, um, getting my head turning and like, okay, Hey, like I've accomplished you know, X amount since I've been with AT&T, um, you know, at this point, I'm starting to make better and better money. Uh, every year I'm taking, you know, a new job, new promotion. Um, and that is when, you know, all these light bulbs, um, which, I, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into, but that's when my life started to really be like, okay, you know, hey, like I, I got through these tough times. I got through, you know, this like transition out of college. I got through this like you know, weird, messed up family situation. And, um, you know, I, I, I survived all these moves, you know, I'm moving here, you know, Wyoming to Hawaii, Hawaii to California. And like, 
I was like really just, I was like this like guy just like hopping states, trying to promote, trying to make the best of my life. And, you know, I can say as, you know, I kept growing with the company, my, my skill set started to get, you know, better and better. And I started thinking more like, hey, like, so I'm doing these things, I'm accomplishing this. Um, do I want to keep doing this? Or like, like, what's the next step? And because I, I look at my progression, right? I look at my progression of, you know, here, 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 here. And now I'm like, okay, what's next? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what's kind of got me to where I am today um, and trying to move in the next, you know, wave Chapter. of my life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, when we look at, you know, there's a lot that had happened in those, I feel like that's your 20s. It's like you're building yeah. blocks to life, right? Exactly. Um, exactly. A lot happening in there with the family, the moving, the promotions. Yep. Do you think if you hadn't moved to different states, gone through the adversity, um, and, and had the different experience of cultures that you would be the same person you were today, let's say you stayed yeah. in AT&T in Montana? Nah, yeah, it, it truly, like, like, what you, like what you go through grows you, man. Like, I, I, there's, no, there's no other way to say it. Like, um, dealing, you know, dealing with this, the, the roller coaster of life and having different things thrown your way, it's, it's truly made me the person I am today. And would you recommend moving to other places for other young, promising yeah. workers, entrepreneurs, so yeah. on and so forth? Yeah, you know, like I said this a, a few times, but it's like um, you're like you don't grow unless you're uncomfortable. And that's why, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people work a certain job for many, many years because they're comfortable doing what they're doing. They know that they wake up, they go to the job. They do X, Y, and Z Monday through Friday. They collect a paycheck every two weeks, and they're able to support and you know uh, live live a life that is you know good for them. Um, but uh, no, nah, I, I I really think like putting yourself in these other places. It just um, I've you know touched on so many aspects of it, but um, it it molds you into a very well-rounded person. And it's everything from, you know, communicating with different people. It's about understanding different people's views and opinions. Um, you know, we, we live in a, uh, it's a, it's a, you know, culture today. There's so much going on, um, you know, in the world. And I think uh, understanding different cultures and demographics and their views and what they experience is just, it, it really opens your eyes um, to, to, you know, what's out there. And I think you can relate so much of that to like the business world. If you want to start a company, if you want to, w- like whatever you want to do, um, understanding the person across the table from you, uh, understanding the customer, uh, that's, that's half the battle, you know? And that's one thing that really like opened my eyes is, uh, I go back to say it, you know, is I grew up in a bubble, you know? Um, and you know, the, the one, the one comment I will make is, you know, growing up, you know, in a bubble, there's, there's so many people that like the, their, their, their view on life is, is a little sheltered. You know, there's certain people think that you should dress a certain way. You should act a certain way. You should live a certain way, you know, things like that. And, uh, people, people are sometimes nervous and scared to go out and do something different something different than what their friends are doing or their family did. Um, and it all goes back to that statement on being uncomfortable. 
And taking that leap and putting yourself in a new state, a new environment, meeting new people, um, you know, you are, uh, you're a product of your environment. And who you surround yourself with, um, whether it's, you know, the knowledge of those people, the skill set of those people, just the personalities and the mentality of those people, that's, that's who you become. And so much for me, it wasn't necessarily about, you know, going to different states just to do it. It was about experiencing more um, and really trying to find what I want to do in life and what I'm passionate about, what, what makes Evan wake up in the morning and, and go, you know? So it's, uh, you know, going out and finding your purpose in life. It's, it's finding the passion and the drive, and you'd be surprised the amount of people that they might say they're you know, content and they like their job, um, but are they truly passionate about what they do? Um, do they have you know, drive and energy today that they did for their job like a few years ago? Um, probably not, you know? And I can truly say is um, I'm addicted to you know, meeting new people becoming, uh, you know, more well-rounded um, and just surrounding myself with dope people um, that are wanting to do what I want to do and, you know, move with me and and help me grow. And, uh, you know, you'd, you'd be surprised the amount of people that, you know, they're very skilled. They, they got a lot going for them. They probably have, you know, maybe just as good as sales as, you know, a, a top salesperson, whatever. But it's the people around them, you know, that they're surrounded by that's actually holding them back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's, Cheers uh, to that. Well said, yeah. my man. Yeah. Well, now we're going to talk about the fun stuff. So, I feel like, to your point, there is a chapter of someone's yeah. life, especially in today's society, being so connected, getting the advice, seeing the... Gary V's and all these hype men about business, yeah. right? It's yeah. like, ooh, I would like to work for myself, you know, yeah. especially if you've worked in corporate America. Yeah. You know, maybe it's not their fault, but it's like, hey, I just, I have another, yep. I have such good, valuable skills that I could support doing something myself. So yep. um, how long have you been into the entrepreneurship thing? I know that you talked about the, the lawn yeah. mowing business early on. So, yep. I'm, and you've seen your dad's entrepreneurial yeah, yeah. Uh, experiences. So how long have you really been, you know, business mindset, and um, now that you are in the entrepreneurial spirit, uh, what are some things that cross your mind? Mm-hmm. And uh, do you, I know I've talked about like these goals before. Do yeah. you have goals of like, I want to do this, I want to succeed this? Or are you just finding yourself like, these are the things I want to do. I want to put myself in that position to have that experience as an entrepreneur in this line of work. Yeah. I know that was a loaded question, but. That's very loaded. So, uh, you know, um, first, I guess, first and foremost, I, I truly think that I've had that entrepreneur, you know, drive um, and vision, you know, since day one. And part of it is just like my upbringing is um, I've had, you know, expensive taste since I was like, <laughs> yay tall. Um, and as I, you know, talked through earlier, my, my family, especially during the younger years, they weren't, you know, able to provide me, you know, fancy Jordan sneakers and, you know, maybe this shirt or this jersey or this hat or something, you know, that I wanted. So um, I kind of had it instilled with me from the beginning is, you know, you want something like you got to work for it. 
And, you know, uh, it, it all started with me, you know, when I was a young kid with very little resources and, you know, very little options. Like how if my parents can't buy me this and I want this, how do I get it? And looking around and say, OK, like what what's in front of me? And I, I knew that, you know, the, the grandma up the street or the, the auntie two blocks up like uh, they didn't want to mow their lawn. So, you know, starting off as a young kid, you know, doing like the lawn mowing business, um, you know, then then, you know, getting a little bit older, doing a paper route business. And I, you know, I, I had those big dreams from, a, you know, a very young age. Uh, what I can say for being an entrepreneur, truly an entrepreneur, um, I, I put those 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 dreams, unfortunately, on pause for a while. Um, I was caught up in living a obnoxious college lifestyle, um, which I'll be honest, I, I don't regret a single day uh, because it was probably some of the best years of my life. Um, and, you know, number two, I just, uh, I didn't really have the means um, or, or, the fin- or the financials for a period of time to really start doing, um, you know, what I wanted. Um, when I was in college, as I said, I was living a, you know, a very luxurious college lifestyle. Um, I had a, you know, a father that was, you know, very, you know, doing very well, wanted to provide me a life that, you know, he didn't have as a kid, was funneling me pretty much all the money that, you know, I wanted. And, you know, when I finally got to the point where I could maybe go down the entrepreneur, you know, route is I was on my own because that cash flow that was once coming was no longer there. I was now trying to build a lifestyle on my own. And here I was working for corporate America. Um, although I can say it, it has treated me very well, um, you know, it's, it was not always uh, great pay, you know? Um, I started off, you know, entry level, making a little commission. Some jobs were better paid than others, um, you know? And I've also lived in some very uh, expensive places. Uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, Hawaii, Bay Area. Yeah, um, they're, they're much more expensive than yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, there's like, I mean, maybe throw out like New York. Yeah. Uh, you have some extremely over-the-top prices um, to, just to like live and survive there. So um, it, was, it was up to, uh, I would say, about two, three years ago. And uh, I, was, I was in the Bay for a couple years. As I talked through earlier, I kind of went through that real rough phase the first couple um, couple years I was there. I got into um, area management, and that's when I started bringing in you know a little bit more cash flow, uh, and I started realizing like okay like you know here's my life. This is how much it costs me to live. I got some extra money to play with. What you know what can I start doing to not just be this? I refused. I refuse to live just this like, I work Monday through Friday, I you know get paid two weeks and I just refused. Like I, I literally told myself like, I've had big dreams since I was yay tall. I will not settle. I will not settle for you know, you know, getting you know, you know, six figure income, which is a, a great income. I will not settle for just a, a six figure income and just do this job for the next 20 years and retire and then live for 10, 15 years or whatever it is, 20 years and then die. You know, I just, I I started like really thinking, I'm like, hey, like I'm in a better place now. I got through all these, all this, you know, mess I went through post-college. I'm now in a better place. And where my entrepreneur, um, you know, journey really started was 
when I started surrounding myself with better people. Uh, I started surrounding myself with people that were like-minded and wanting to move and were moving already in the direction that I wanted to go. So that was kind of step one of my entrepreneur journey is um, I, I started like self-discovering myself that I wanted to do things different. I started kind of pivoting out of this like, okay, Evan, like you're, 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 you're out of your 20s. Uh, you're, 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 you're making some good money. You're on your feet. You got your, 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 your 20 disaster out of the picture. Like let's, let, let's make some money. Let's start doing some stuff. And uh, so, yeah, you know, step one, man, was a few years ago, just getting myself uh, around a different crowd of people that really not only brought out the best of me, um, but it just, it, it drove me. Um, it, it got me excited. It got me figuring out that, you know, hey, like just because I work a 40-hour day job doesn't mean I can't start pursuing other things on the side. And I really started going through and figuring out like, okay, hey, this is how much time I have in a day. This is how much I got to do for, you know, corporate America. How can I start creating uh, uh, another, you know, form of income um, in, you know, my, my current situation? So uh, I started off, uh, you know, dam uh, you know, uh, dabbling a little bit in uh, stock market, actually. So, um, you know, doing a little bit of day trading, doing some option stuff. Um, you know, option trading. Uh, my, my dad during, you know, younger years um, used to do a lot of day trading. So I used to kind of see, you know, some stuff that he was doing. So my, my first, you know, wave of getting another form of income was like, you know, hey, let me, let, me, let me try to dabble in the stock market a little bit. It was something that I could do like early in the mornings uh, before work, uh, bring in a little bit of extra money, started, you know, studying a, a lot of people online. Um, there's so many uh, awesome traders uh, on on social media between Discord and Telegram groups. There's uh, you know you know Instagram, YouTube, like so many different people. So by my first wave was I started gambling, you know, dabbling in a little bit of that, um, and then you know it was uh, I, I started just really like that. That was like my first point where I can say like I started getting a taste um, of like yo like I'm kind of making like a nice little extra money here. And I started thinking, I'm like, okay, you know, I look at all these successful people and all these successful people, it's not about having one income. It's not having about two incomes. It's having, you know, three, four, five incomes. And I started saying like, okay, cool. So like I got my AT&T stuff. I'm maybe making a little bit of money here. Like what's, what's something else I can go into? And, you know, I, I realized when you start changing your mindset, you start changing your lifestyle, um, and you really start focusing on what you're spending your time on and the people that you're surrounded by, so much changes. Um, and I started realizing that, you know, I had people around me that were like bringing ideas to me. People started approaching me about, you know, hey, like, you know, you have a really good background of this, this, and this. Like, I like your energy, I like your passion, I like your drive. And people started coming to me with like kind of different ideas and stuff. And that's, that's where it was like that, that turning point where it's like, okay, I now see the direction I'm going is I'm financially stable through a day job. I'm starting to bring in another income. What can I now start getting myself into? Um, and that's really what's brought me to my, 
you know, uh, the different business ventures I'm in today is surrounding myself with the right people and finding things that I'm passionate about and not being afraid to, you know, jump into those. I was always told you're the sum of the 10 people you surround yourself with, right? Mm -hmm. There's lots of different quotes on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, uh, you're, you know, you, you hang out with five millionaires, you're going to be the sixth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, so definitely believe in that. Now, when we look at entrepreneurship, a lot of people think you have to like know exactly what's going to be involved yeah. with this. I need to have a five-year plan, a 10-year plan, yeah. and write this out. It doesn't seem like that's your forte either. Yeah. It's more so yes. like, let me be intrigued, let yeah. curiosity take over, and cool, take it day by day, step by step. Is that kind of how yeah. you've attacked it so far? 100%. And, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of people that they hold they, they hold back on starting something or doing something because it's not right. It, it, it's not the right time. And I'm going to be the first one to say is I made that mistake. I, I never lost that drive and motivation from being a young kid and, you know, doing what I had to to buy those Jordans and, you know, cutting granny's lawn for $5, whatever. I, I, I never lost that. But what I got kind of sucked into as well. Uh, you know, I'll I'll do this when I get here. I'll do this when I get here. And what you know, jumping into some of these ventures that I'm now in today, it's really taught me like there's never really the right time. You know, you just you you, you have to start, and you have to start somewhere. And a lot of the things that you actually want to pursue and you want to do, is you're actually never gonna learn it unless you start doing it. So if you're not going to start doing it and you're never like you're not going to learn until you start doing it. So there's never really the right time. So you have to just start like you, you have to start somewhere. Yeah, I love that. Um, it's funny because COVID has been such a crazy time, but I realized like uh, how many people have started entrepreneurial ventures, right? Because yeah. they're like stuck at home, like in their yeah. head all the time. Like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and I know I started the pod at the start of COVID yeah. um, because I was like, dude, I got to do something else. I got yeah. to keep moving. I need to use this, all yeah. this thinking and then put it into action. So yep. uh, I could definitely relate to that. And I'm sure a lot of people can. Now, um, outside of the, the childhood experience so and, and, and uh, day trading that you got into, so what are you doing now? What yeah. led you to that? And was this something that you had a team to work with you on? Yeah. Was this all just Evan and put it into yeah. action? So how did, the, yeah. how did the upbringing with business start here? Yeah, yeah. so yeah, it's uh, so really um, it just, it's honestly just been focusing on, you know, one thing at a time. And, you know, that is, that is one thing I will say, you know, personally with me, everyone has different opinions. Um, I'm the kind of person I want to start something. I want to give, get it established and then move on to the next. And I think in, you know, entrepreneurism and for you to really be successful in something, you got to put in enough time and energy, uh, you know, to certain things, get that thing up and going, whatever that is, and then you can move on to the next. So I think, you know, number one, I kind of realized that, okay, hey, like I knocked, like I got this corporate America stuff on lock. And then I started realizing, okay, this, you know, day trading, this is something I do on my own. Okay. So what else, what else can I really tap into? And uh, I had an opportunity pop up uh, where uh, one of my friends, uh, two of my friends actually from Missoula, um, we were, you know, talking about some different things, what I'm doing, how I'm doing in life. And uh, he actually um, 
I've been doing Vegas trips for quite some time, so it's it's funny that I'm here. But uh, him and I did a, a Vegas trip back for my 30th birthday, kind of reconnected, um, and we, we knew each other in college, and started started you know bullshitting. We kept in touch, you know, after my 30th. I'm 34 right now, and uh, it was it was a couple years ago. Um, you know, we, we started talking. This was before COVID, and uh, you know, he had an idea of a, a landscape company. And I was, I was kind of at that point where I'm like, you know, hey, like I would like to get involved in something. I don't really know like how much time and effort because I'm, you know, trying to like really continue to perform on my day job, you know, take another promotion. I'm trying to do, you know, stock trading early in the morning. Like I'm still trying to navigate like how I, how I juggle everything, you know? So I was, I was kind of nervous on, you know, what to jump into. And this opportunity actually ended up being perfect um, I jumped into uh, being a silent investor uh, for a landscape company in Montana. So that was my, you know, first uh, real, like, I would say business that I was, you know, financially involved in. Um, and it was a cool one to, to first jump into because uh, I, I, I had some capital that I was able to provide as a, uh, you know, one-time investment. Um, was able to, you know, get a, a share of um, the company and uh, be officially, uh, you know, a, a, a co-business owner um, with uh, a couple other people. So, you know, that was that was kind of like my, my, my first jump was like, um, I, you know, I, 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 I will say that, you know, there's some people out there that just completely jump in. Um, you know, they're just like, I'm, I'm being an entrepreneur. I'm, <laughs> I'm quitting this and I'm, and I'm starting this. That's I and, think of that. I'm like, damn, that's savage. And, and I will say, you know, I, you don't really know your full potential unless you put a hundred percent into it. And, you know, I think that's a, a very, um, heated topic in, in the <laughs> entrepreneur world, because I think a lot of people will say, well, you know, Hey, like you really want to know what you can do as an entrepreneur. You got to like quit the day job and you got to do it hundred percent. Um, my approach was, you know, execute on a day job, dabble into another form of income, and now let's get something else going. And, you know, that's just been my approach. It's, uh, everyone's approach is, is very different. Um, but that was, you know, my approach and it's, it, it's been working well for me. So, uh, that was my, that my, my first real business involvement was getting involved in this landscape company. And do you still communicate, still involved yeah. with that, still doing things? Yep. Exactly. Uh, the, the company, the company is growing. Uh, we're actually praying for snow, uh, <laughs> praying for snow in Missoula. Uh, we not only do the landscaping uh, in the summer, uh, but we additionally do uh, snow plowing um, in the winter. So uh, all it those is, Californians over there need some snow plow now, you know. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's based in Missoula. It's called manscaping, and uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's fun, man. It's fun. It's. Uh, you know, it, it, it's cool to see uh, something get brought to life. Um, me being silent in it, I haven't been really involved too much from like the day to day. Uh, but it was a great, it was a great first investment that I got into uh, to really break into being a you know quote unquote yep. business owner. So that was that was where it. it, it, it I said I, I've really like my, my my journey's been interesting, man, because it's very much like it just it's just progression. And that's, that's honestly my goal. Like my goal is to just to continue to get better. Um, you know, I wake up every single morning, man, and I just want to be a better version uh, than what I was yesterday. 
Um, I want to be more knowledgeable. Uh, I want to be healthier. Um, and I want to, you know, bring more to the table than I did that previous day. So, you know, it's, it's just really been like this progress. I, you know, fast forward from getting involved in, you know, landscaping. Uh, shortly after that, I, I actually met my, my business partner um, for the, the clothing company that I'm involved in, uh, which is Niche, uh, Niche Clothing. So uh, Isaiah, who's my business partner, I uh, met him, you know, right on that, like, uh, you know, it was, it was actually, it was right before COVID hit. So met Isaiah right before COVID and uh, me and him hit it off right away. Super like, you know, we're just having drinks, uh, high energy, um, just, you know, just, just shooting the shit basically. So I uh, met him through a mutual friend that was in town. Um, ironically, it was actually in Vegas. So uh, we were in Vegas. One of my boys from New York was here. Um, Isaiah was in town as well, met him. We started chopping it up. Um, fast forward, you know, a couple months later, uh, me and him, you know, have a, a you know super casual conversation. And next thing you know, we start talking about. Uh, he, he brought up this whole idea of, you know, hey, I, I know this is you know kind of random, and I just you know met you, but um, he started talking about you know creating a, a clothing brand. And I was just like, yo, like I love clothes, <laughs> like you know, like from you know little kid, I was. Uh, you know, you know, trying to buy as many Jordans as possible and, you know, buying, you know, Jordan jerseys and, and flat bill hats, man. I was just like, I've been a, a diehard clothes, shoes, hats, accessories, jewelry. Like I just, I've, I've always been really passionate about it. And immediately I'm just like, yo, like I'm in, I'm very like, I'm very passionate about this. Like, let's like, 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 let's get to work. So uh, you know, to, to, to not go too much into this, uh, fast forward, you know, it basically took us from uh, October, October of basically 2020 um, up until uh, actually the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, so literally actually two weeks, two weeks. Yep. So uh, up until two weeks ago, uh, it took us essentially that, that from, you know, uh, couple months into COVID to two weeks ago, uh, we officially launched uh, Niche Clothing. So it's, uh, it's been a crazy, it's been a crazy journey. And um, I can even share a little bit about, um, you know, Niche and, and how that's, uh, how that's opened my eyes to a whole new industry. So yeah, I mean, tell us about that. Yeah. Um, I think clothing is definitely something a lot of people get into. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you see the Shark Tank things, you see, you know, probably people in your own neighborhood. Yeah. Um, me being a Grizz fan, Cole Anderson started up top yeah. right after yeah, school yeah. and he did yep. that. And it's, you know, it's an interesting business because it depends what kind of avenue you're wanting to go in. Obviously, yeah. the overhead, like, you know, you have to mass produce at certain levels and yeah, things yeah. like that. So yeah. uh, obviously that's your passion. So it makes sense that you're connected there. For but sure. we'd love to understand, you yeah. know, how you... How much are you involved today? Is this like a full involvement versus the the other businesses? And, uh, you know, where do you see it going? And what yeah. are some things that you have in store? Yeah, so, you know, I, I talked about, like, the progress of just, like, you know, doing this, doing this. Um, I will say, you know, niche um, was something that I kind of didn't really have progress on. I just, I just dove. Um, and I think it was 
it was one of those things that like it sparked my interest so much um, and something that I'm so passionate about. And like, you can just see it just like in my, in my energy. Like I love clothes, man. I just love it. And before uh, I knew you, I knew you on social media. Yeah. I knew you liked clothes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, you know, it, it, it's funny how things work, man. And it goes back to my statement before is it's about surrounding yourself by like the right people. And um, coincidentally, uh, the time that I started to talk to Isaiah about, you know, a clothing, you know, a clothing line and, and the brand and what we wanted to do with it. Um, I actually uh, uh, connected. It was a mutual friend. Um, it's actually the you know, same guy. His name's Adam. Uh, Adam Coop um, from New York. He, uh, the same guy who introduced me to Isaiah, um, he had a friend that I actually met back in college. Um, his name's Mike. Uh, Mike J, baby. So Mike J, uh, it ad- happened to be that uh, me and him connected. Um, shortly after, haven't talked to this guy too much in years. Um, he did, uh, met him in college, Missoula days. Um, Adam and I went to college together. So um, Mike flew out, uh, hung out with Adam in, in, in college one weekend, met Mike, didn't see or hardly talk to him for years on end. And just happens to be that, you know, um, you know me, and, me and Adam are super cool. Um, Adam introduced me to Isaiah. I randomly, you know, talked to Mike shortly after that. I talked to Isaiah, and Mike was involved um, in uh, a lot of different things. Everything from uh, a, a shoe, you know, shoe design to clothing design, manufacturing, the whole nine. Oh, so it was like it was one of those moments where it was just like the stars were aligning, and uh, that's when I knew it was right. Um, you know, you always, there's always like that feeling that like, you know, this just feels good. And that's what it was. It was one of those things where I was like, okay, like, you know, Isaiah came to me with, you know, starting clothing, which I've always wanted to do. I got, you know, Mike, who's involved in the manufacturing and the design and all these things. It's go time. It's go time. So that's when I was like, let's, let's dive into this. So, um, you know, it started off, man, with, you know, getting into clothing uh, number one, you have to design. So uh, Isaiah and I, over basically the last year and a half, uh, we figured out how to you know, design clothes, what was needed by a manufacturer, um, and essentially the, the steps that go along with it. Uh, one thing with our clothing that separates us from, from a lot of people, uh, this is not a, a wholesale sweatshirt that you buy. It's not a Hanes sweatshirt that someone puts on a screen printer and they take the screen printer and and smash it down. Um, This is all cut and sew clothing. So we basically picked out the material that we wanted to use. Um, We we picked out the stitching, the embroidery, uh, the patches, the designs of the patch, um, basically everything from the ground up. So this is all uh, hut, um, hand, you know, cut and sewn. Uh, premium quality uh, clothing so you know it, it, it's been cool because uh, I'm not gonna lie I was I was nervous jumping into the clothing industry uh, you go on Instagram you go on YouTube uh, you go on you know Facebook any social media platform everyone's like oh check out my clothing brand check out my tea check out yeah, my yeah. you know check out this like everyone and their brother and sister um, I call them like COVID startups. <laughs> That's and perfect terminology. COVID, COVID startups. Like 
everyone's like sitting on their couch, you know, like like you know, watching watching TV for months on end. They can't go out to a restaurant, a bar, a club, and everyone's just like starting these little like, oh, I'm gonna do a t-shirt company. Oh, I'm gonna do a this, you know. So it's a it's a slippery slope. That's you know? where I was kind of getting out of the question. Yeah, I didn't want to get too detailed, but it's like yeah. you know, it's it's a beast it's of tough. an industry. It's yeah, yeah. It, it's tough. So you know, to really look at you know from from a high level, um, we are focused on you know premium quality clothing uh, that is that's focused on you know high attention to detail. So um, a lot of our clothes are have small embroidery. Um, they have really designed you know patchwork on it. Uh, the print that you see on all of our clothes, um, I actually got one on right now, um, also down there, is uh, it's a high quality print. Uh, it's not a print that you're going to see, you know, flake off, peel off after, you know, like some all my watches. Nike shirts. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, coming from, coming from Montana, I call it like a, uh, the thickness of, of the, the clothing, I call it like a Carhartt material. Mm-hmm. Um, very thick, high quality. Um, and it's not just the material, it's what's on the, um, what's on the clothes as well. So um, that is really what we're going for is, uh, you know, having different designs that not, you know, other companies are doing, number one, um, but making sure that our quality is, you know, over the top. And, you know, I think the, the second part I will say, and um, if you look at, you know, niche clothing on Instagram or anything that I share, uh, we, we focus on, you know, really great uh, content, really, get, really great visuals, um, and truly being able to bring our clothes to life. Um, you know, we have uh, a variety of shoots we did to prepare for this launch. So as I said, we, uh, we, we launched two weeks ago. Um, we did, we did uh, some vlog stuff in Miami. We did some vlog stuff in Chicago. We did a, a very uh, over-the-top shoot in London. Um, we did some stuff in LA, uh, doing some stuff in New York. Like we've just, um, we really focused on if we want to come into an industry that is extremely saturated, that is extremely competitive, how are we gonna set ourselves apart uh, from other people? And it's gotta be through, number one, people gotta get a piece of clothing that they're like, wow, like this shit's nice, <laughs> you know? And uh, what's gonna get them to get it in their hands though uh, is, is marketing, it's content, it's video. Um, and you know, that's, that's the direction we're going with it, man, is really, really showcasing our, uh, our brand niche as a, a premium product and premium on every level. It's, it's the content we're displaying to the quality of the clothes uh, and we're gonna just continue to grow it. So uh, really, really excited uh, the direction we're going. Um, you know, going into next year, we actually already have some designs for probably like February, um, February timeframe, March. Uh, this first drop was uh, kind of an all black theme. And as we go into 2022, there's gonna be colors, there's gonna be styles, there's gonna be a lot of different stuff. So, uh, and also the, the fun thing we're doing too is, uh, you know, this is not just a clothing, uh, you know, company. It's not just a t-shirt, a long sleeve, a hoodie. Um, this is really a brand and um, a movement. And you know, you're gonna see going into 2022, a lot of vlog footage. Uh, you're gonna see you know, uh, the journey, what we're going through to bring this to life. Um, we're actually gonna be heading up to Montana in a couple weeks uh, to pack all the clothes. So uh, we wanna really uh, create just this, this vision of 
niches more than clothing. Uh, niche is a movement. It's a lifestyle. It's a group of people. It's a family. Um, it's a culture uh, of of people that are just uh, you know they're they're stylish. They're they're rocking really nice clothes. Um, but most importantly, just good people. So, where are you manufacturing? Is it all in the states? Is it all local here in Vegas? Or? Yeah. So um, it is. Uh, it's a U.S. Uh, it's a U.S. ran factory, but it is based international. Okay. So. Um, they, uh, the, the, the company is based, um, you know, East coast, that's where, you know, the, the, oper- uh, the, from a business standpoint, um, but the, the, the cut and sew is based international. And with the niche brand, are we yeah. expecting just shirts, hoodies, and long sleeves? Like, are you trying to get into a lot more pieces of apparel? Like what's the vision that we have now? So, uh, our first drop, um, our first drop had, uh, two t-shirts, a long sleeve, uh, a hooded sweatshirt a pair of sweats, um, a pair of cargos, a pair of joggers, and a bucket hat. So uh, first and foremost, we will be producing all types of clothing, uh, everything from, from the hats to the tops to the pants, uh, but it'll, it'll continue to evolve. Um, I, I personally, along with Isaiah, um, is very big on you know, style trends, the direction people are going in. Um, what colors are hot, what colors are not, uh, the fits, you know, um, we went through a, you know, you look at the, you look at the, the, you know, the nineties, the two thousands, and now in the world today, you know, style changes and we're going to, we're going to continue to evolve our brand and company as, you know, time goes on and, uh, make sure we, we stay up with the up and up. Uh, but also we're going to do our own thing and we want to have, um, our own, you know, unique look and style. Uh, and what's cool is, uh, you know, Isaiah and I are, are in this together and we both bring different things to the table and we both have different ideas on what's hot and what's not. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm really excited, man. You know, uh, you know, sneak peek into February, um, there'll be like some different colors that we're coming out with, um, some greens, uh, green slash olive, tan, brown, um, you know, bringing out maybe a, a, a nice jacket. Uh, some cool things, man. Cool things. There's a small town hustler yeah. from Montana. You yeah. know, he's out here doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you talk about it being more than just a clothing brand, a lifestyle, yeah. whatever, you know, if I were to think of niche clothing, what what are some of the values that you're driving the company through that you want people to think about? So uh, what is so? Some people call it niche. Some people say niche. What's what's your definition of that? Of a niche? Yeah. It's like a small organization, group, or circle of a very specific or particular thing, item, something like that. So that's that's it. We are we really want to be um, we want to be a unique segment uh, of the market. Um, we want to be looked at as uh, not just a you know, and if, if you look at you know not only the quality, um, but to be transparent, the price points. Um, this is this is being brought into the marketplace as this is already different because our 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 quality of materials are are you know two times what these other companies got going on, so we are bringing it into the marketplace as premium already, um, and you know it, it's going to be showcased as uh, we're not a you know twenty thirty forty dollar t shirt or a little bit more than that um, because there's a quality and. Um, you know, a, 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 a design and a vision that goes along with it. 
that makes that price point worth it. And when people get their hands on that, they're gonna 100% see that. So um, that's the first thing I, I will say is, you know, uh, when you look at the, the word niche, um, you're 100% you're right. We want to, uh, what, our what our brand means is what we want to be. Uh, you know, that's number one. Um, you know, number two is when you look at, uh, you know, the, the word niche, uh, N-Y-C-H. Um, you know, where those, where, those, where those letters came together um, was actually from uh, New York uh, and Chicago. Uh, N-Y-C-C-H-I. And we basically put those together. And uh, part of the reason for that is, um, you know, my, my, my business partner, he was uh, actually, you know, born and raised Chicago area, bounced between Chicago and New York a lot. But um, you look at the, the evolution of streetwear um, and some of these large streetwear companies, uh, there's a lot of them are originated in Chicago um, and actually New York. So uh, it, it's, it's gonna be cool to evolve this. Um, there's a greater meaning of you know our our name of our company um, on not just a, a meaning level um, but a in, uh, in, in uh, inspirational level and what are the designs we're trying to move with in the future? Um, you look at some of these like large companies and uh, you know there's there's some that come there's some that go and we're going to be one of those companies that's around for a while. So, kind of a curveball question here for you. Yep. So you talked about the COVID startups or mm -hmm. something of that nature. <laughs> a lot of people think like, cool, you just launched, right? Yeah. Like, oh, he's in this t-shirt, he's trying to make some money, you yeah. know, get some over the top by volume yeah. of what he's selling. Yeah. That's what it is. What would you say for someone that has that outlook of someone that's starting a clothing company or a COVID startup? Like, yeah. what, what, what else is involved and 100%. what do they not... What are the things that someone who wants to just sit on their couch and say, like, oh, shit, I should start clothing today aren't yeah, yeah. prepared for? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I think there's, you know, there, there's a few things you want to think about is, uh, you know, number one, uh, before you dive in to, you know, going to a manufacturer and trying to get, like, some stuff made or even get things, you know, honestly, wasting money, like buying a bunch of screen put, you know, hoodies, you know, things like that, uh, spend some time on the designs. And I think that's where, you know, Isaiah and I spend a lot of time going back and forth, tweaking stuff. Uh, you, know, you know, Mike, uh, he, he probably went crazy for a while <laughs> with all the, the tweaks and the changes that we're trying to do. But um, I think first and foremost is, you know, come up with some unique designs. Come up with some things that, you know, you think that would be different than what the, the average person is doing. And, you know, that's, that's where it all starts. Uh, there's so many, you know, creative people out there, man, that have awesome ideas and, um, you know, take that first step and spend the time getting your designs right. Once your designs are, are right, then, then go to that manufacturer. Um, and I think, you know, manufacturing of clothing today, especially with, you know, the, the tough, tough competition out there, you got to make sure that if you want to be, you know, I guess, I guess to just go back a second. I, I really think it's, uh, you have to look at your intentions. I think a lot of people can, you know, create something very quick, bring it out, sell some, you know, get some profit and, you know, move on with life. It really, it really comes down to your intentions. And, you know, with Isaiah and I, with the direction of we want to go with this and being this long-term brand, this trendy brand and uh, just, you know, premium quality streetwear. Uh, you know, we wanted to make sure we took our time on 
not, the, not just those designs, but then figuring out the materials that we wanted to use. Um, we sampled back and forth. So we would basically get a product from the manufacturer. So we had designs, we go to the manufacturer. They would say, okay, hey, we'll bring this to life. Here's what it looks like, we're gonna send it to you. We would get it in the mail, we would look at it and say, okay, well, this is too big, this is too small, this needs to move here, we gotta like tweak this, you know? Um, so I think it's, uh, number one, make sure that you have a you know, great design that's gonna set yourself apart. Number two, you know, get yourself with a manufacturer that's gonna understand you and work with you and uh, be willing to make those tweaks. Uh, because end of the day, whatever you create, whatever you bring to life, you gotta like and you gotta be passionate about it. Because if you don't like it and you're not passionate about it, you're not gonna sell it, mm -hmm. you know? So I think there's, there's definitely levels to it, not going you know, too much in the manufacturing piece, but- um, That's a beast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's very loaded. And then um, I think the, the, final con, you know, the final comment that I would like to make is, uh, you gotta really set yourself apart on how you're gonna market. Um, I did not want to, you know, be a, a clothing company that, you know, put a t-shirt on a, a white backdrop, take a picture and be like, Hey guys, buy this. It's cool. There's good designs. Uh, you know, it's good quality. Um, Isaiah and I really had this vision of creating, you know, content and, you know, shout out to Isaiah on all the creative end of it. Um, he did an awesome job on, you know, lining up different videographers and photographers, et cetera, and making sure that we not only, when we brought this, you know, out, it was, hey, here's the clothes, here's the images of it, here's the description of it, but check it. And seeing, you know, our clothes being worn by models in London, and seeing them worn by models in LA, and seeing them worn by models in Chicago, and each shoot was actually very different. Um, London was a very much like, you know, uh, really taking advantage of the beautiful architecture and London is an incredible city. But then you have like Chicago, for example, which was more of like a skate style, uh, you know, photo shoot. So um, we, we are going to be a brand that that not just is, you know, what I said earlier with from a quality and um, just, you know, you know, trendy and fashionable, but uh, we're, we're going to continue to evolve and make sure that we're providing clothes for all different types of customers. And you know, this drop might not be for everyone, and the next drop might not be for the people who bought this drop, but the next drop might be for people who didn't buy, you know? So it's, uh, th that's what I would really say is, you know, anyone new trying to get into clothing is make sure that you spend time on designs, find something that you're really, really passionate about, you like, that you think is different, um, and, and not being afraid, not being afraid of worrying about, well, what are people going to think about this? Um, yeah, you, you need to, you know, have that in the back of your head. And is, is this something people are going to like? Does this, um, you know, some about our products, if you look at our, our drop right now, we have, you know, different types of products that are for everyone. Um, the cargos are a little bit more flashy. Uh, you know, there's, there's certain aspects <laughs> You know, some people would not wear those cargos, but some people would love those cargos. So, uh, you know, get some designs that you really like. Um, find a, find a manufacturer that's going to work with you and be able to bring that product to life that you want. And you know, uh, good things take time. And do not be afraid to take some extra time to make sure that you have content and you market and you kind of put the things together 
um, to really showcase this as what you want, you know? And as I said, it, it's all preference based on what people want out of the clothing and the direction they're trying to go with it. No, that's awesome. Um, obviously, I was intrigued to hear how this started. I had seen some things on social media, uh, yeah. knew that it just got launched. So that's really cool. Now, when you know, I'm not trying to cut you off on niche. Yeah. I think this is a cool yeah, yeah. piece. But like when we look into it, um, you, you've talked about a lot of the details. But yep. um, this is somewhat of a new thing. Obviously, it's going to be exciting for you. Yep. But is this something that you've seeked mentorship for? You've had some guidance on? Or is this just you and your homie yeah. like, yo, let's figure it out and yeah. let's just grind at it? Yeah. Honestly, man, I, um, I had great guidance uh, from my boy Mike um, from like a design and manufacturing um, aspect. But a lot of it, dude, has just been uh, Isaiah and I were, were not afraid uh, to jump into something that we had no idea on. And to be honest, where I am today with understanding clothing and marketing clothing and bringing clothing to life, is uh, you know completely uh, different than where I was you know a year and a half two years ago um, when this when these conversations originally happened. So um, you just it, it, as said, I think if you're if you are passionate about something enough, um, you, you will find a way. You will find a way, and you will eventually figure it out. And it might take it might take longer. Um, but self-discovery, man, is sometimes the best discovery yep. and really figuring out things on your own. That's, that's, that, that's how you honestly learn the most is figuring out things on your own. And, um, you know, some things, man, you just, you can't teach, uh, you just have to experience it. And that's what it's been with clothing is, you know, I, it, like, uh, after this, you know, podcast, I'll have to show you, I got a, I got an image that, you know, Isaiah originally his, yeah, his dad sketched out our logo, you know? Um, and it was like, literally like, that's what we started with is just like this sketched out logo, you know? And it's like, here we are, you know, a year and a half later, we got clothing, we got a website, it's live. And, you know, in a few weeks, people are going to be wearing, you know, clothing that we just kind of randomly started talking about and dove into. So. Reminds me, uh, it's kind of cheesy, but I watched the new Wu Tang on Hulu. Yeah. And they talk about the episode where they write out the logo, and that's where it all starts. But they mm -hmm. were so particular about the logo, to your point, yeah. making sure it's done right, everything's done yep. right. And everyone's like, dude, it's the fucking logo. And he's yeah. like, no, this means everything. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, know. I feel it's... like that's where you've come. Yeah. You know, like, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I will ask about this, unless yes. there's anything else that you want to talk no, about man. on Niche. No, I, I, I would love to. Uh, this is something else I'm very uh, excited and passionate about. The so, over here, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so what, what, what's up with this guy? Yes. Yeah, so uh, we have here a uh, an edible home kit, and uh, you know, before I before I, t I talk about this, um, I'll just kind of throw out there, you know, where where my head's been and like why I'm doing, you know, what I'm doing, and um, I think it, it goes back to. Uh, just my, 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 my journey, you know, ever since leaving Montana is I haven't been, you know, scared to try new things. Um, and I've always remained open-minded. And I, you know, this, this has been an interesting one. And, you know, the viewers are probably like, okay, like <laughs> this guy like sells cell phones. And then like, you know, I actually didn't even talk about this, but you know, my, my, my job today, I got out of the retail space um, and my, my day job with AT&T, I now do marketing. 
So I'm like, you know, started in retail, doing marketing for AT&T, and then I started doing some stock trading, and then I dove into, you know, you know, clothing, um, and now I'm tapping into this uh, this world of, of THC and basically CBD. So uh, what I just want to, you, you know, say is uh, I. I believe as you grow as an entrepreneur, and if if you want to develop, you know, different streams of income, uh, in the world today, man, is nothing's promised. The world's changing daily. Um, there's there's so much craziness going on, and I, a little bit of reasoning about what I'm doing today is I had this vision when I got into um, entrepreneur. Um, you know, lifestyle and just my, my vision and just this very driven, uh, you know, new Evan, uh, you know, like post-college, post-family drama, all this stuff. I was like, you know, hey, like I want to tap into as many different types of industries that I possibly can. Like I, I want to have forms of income that if this takes a shit and this takes a shit and this industry is going to hell, like um, not saying the companies involved go to shit, but I'm saying is those industries and based on our, our world and our just everything going on, um, I want to be able to have different forms of income coming in on on different avenues uh, based on what's what what, what the, uh, the the economy's like. Truthfully, so uh, yeah, to to dive into this a little bit, uh, edible home kit. Uh, this is a um, brother-sister company, however you would like to say it, uh, to my good friend uh, Ty Despin, um, based out of uh, uh, Tempe, Phoenix area. Uh, he's based down there. I actually met him, man, it's probably been about three, four years ago. And uh, it, it, it's kind of funny because I made the comment about this earlier. It's about you know starting to surround yourself by you know like-minded people, driven people. And uh, you know, Ty and I, we had a, we had a connection from from day one. Um, ran into him on a, a random New Year's trip. Uh, we were down in Austin on a New Year's trip. Ran into Ty. Um, at the time, he was just launching a uh, a mold company. So it's uh, it's basically silicone molds for THC and CBD companies uh, that they're able to put their product in. Uh, the product goes into the silicone mold. Uh, the product solidifies. They uh, pop the you know um, the gummies out once they solidify, and you have yourself your you know your hard candies, or you have um, yourself your gummies. So he jumped into this you know crazy crazy wave of you know uh, all these states going live on on cannabis, CBD becoming more and more popular. Um, he found ironically, a niche uh, in the cannabis industry that not many people were doing. Uh, we had cannabis companies popping up all across the US. Uh, there was, you know, the only real like solid mold companies um, were based overseas. Uh, it was taking forever for these companies to get molds. And uh, Ty, being the, the engineer and the brainiac that he is, uh, figured out basically how to make uh, silicone molds, and um, he has quite the whole setup going on now, uh, based down in in Phoenix area. And uh, yeah, he's uh, you know had had this going, uh, or had the mold company going for the last few years. Has become very successful, locked in you know some big clients, and 
uh, we were, you know, just actually, uh, we've always, um, you know, you know, talked about doing business together. Uh, he actually originally approached me when he started Vector Molds, the original mold company that kind of inspired this. Uh, he approached me and at the time, and, and you know, I think this is another conversation, but <laughs> it was, it was not the right time for me. Uh, he approached me during a time where I was, as I told you about when I was in California, I was at this real transitional phase. I was like wrapping up all the personal and family stuff that I had going on. I was, I was really trying to like make sure I, I got this next promotion at AT&T. And it was just, it was, the, it was not the right time. And he actually uh, talked to me about going into business with him back then. And I actually turned him down. And I just said, you know, hey man, I, I got to focus on my day job. And, you know, at the time I wasn't involved in any, you know, entrepreneurial ventures, anything like that. And, uh, you know, fast forward, me and him have been great friends um, ever since. Uh, he kept his business going, uh, doing very, very well. Um, I probably regret uh, not joining forces <laughs> with him. Uh, but uh, everything happens for a reason. And what's cool is, is um, our paths are now crossing again uh, for another venture that uh, he approached me about um, just, you know, what, what I could really bring to the table and how I could help him get uh, this new product uh, into the marketplace. So, uh, for time purposes, I'll just—I'll just, <laughs> I'll, just uh, I'll, I'll give a very high-level overview here. So, to yourself, um, <laughs> what the uh, so so what the edible home kit is is for uh, anyone um, who would like to make uh, edibles uh, from the comfort of their home. Uh, they do not have to worry about buying, you know, that little jar. Uh, from the dispensary where it would, you know, maybe get, you know, 20, 30, 40 gummies um, based on the size of the jar. Uh, they get to make uh, their own gummies. And not only do they get to make their own gummies, but they get to dose them uh, however they want. Uh -oh. um, so from a, from a dosage perspective, uh, you know, that's one of the downfalls. Uh, you got this jar of gummies and uh, you, you find people taking one, two, three, four gummies, and before you know it, that jar is gone, and now they've spent, you know, 60 bucks. Um, so, a edible home kit is going to be um, a product uh, not only for consumers that they can purchase online, uh, but additionally, uh, people uh, will hopefully, um, as we get these into dispensaries uh, across the U.S., they will be able to buy a, a home kit. Um, they will be able to have a, a guide to tell them exactly um, how to make the gummy. Uh, inside the kit, you will have a silicone mold, um, a couple different molds to choose from. You will have uh, the mix that you need uh, in order to make the gummy. You will have a, a candy thermometer, and you will also have a dropper, and essentially everything you need um, to make a edible from your house besides the THC. So, uh, why is this beneficial for consumers? Well, they can make it from their house and they can dose how they want. Um, why is this beneficial for dispensaries? Well, you're gonna be able to make a nice profit margin uh, on this home kit, get a one-time sale, and additionally, what is not included in this? THC. THC. <laughs> They're gonna need to buy THC. So, uh, you will get more THC sales, uh, you will make a nice profit margin on this, and uh, there is actually not a single company in the United States that's uh, doing anything like this. 
It sounds like the stoners will be having a lot of fun with that. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> That's so COVID friendly. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're not baking cookies. We're yeah, baking cookies. exactly. <laughs> so it's cool. It, it, it's cool, you know, and uh, the, the, the molds that are in here, these are essentially miniature versions of what he makes for the large companies. So um, his Vector molds, uh, the you know sister company, they're doing essentially uh, industry-sized baking sheets, um, you know, full sheets, half sheets, quarter sheets um, of these molds, and then you got essentially the the, the mini molds here. So uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. It's uh, I I love I love the fact that like nobody's doing this. Uh, you look at the direction you know, cannabis is going in, in the United States, uh, more and more states every single year. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a cool option uh, for people uh, to, to purchase from a location and um, looking forward to uh, the future success. Cannabis is crazy. If I ever get a cannabis company come through Smartsheet into my book, I'm like, okay, yep. here we go. Uh, Cookies yep. California was one of my biggest clients. Nice, right? and nice. They're, they're just destroying things so yeah, yeah. It's, it's a crazy industry i wish i was in a entrepreneurship yeah. mindset when that shit started hitting right yeah, yeah for sure um, no that, it's it's crazy man to see the direction it's went like to look back uh you know looking at college and then you know just basically medicinal like even seeing medicinal used to be like really weird like, yeah yo that's a medicinal shop you know like, like whoa, it's, it's <laughs> like it's kind of like is that like real is that sketch yeah. like you know what's going on with it and to see now like living in vegas I mean, I, I, I can throw a rock and hit a dispensary. That's yeah, like yeah. Seattle. It's crazy. Yep. Um, now that you've had so many different entrepreneurship things yep. come within a short amount of time, I guess, what are a couple takeaways that you've had and uh, where's your mindset now? Like, do you want to keep dabbling? Do you yeah. want to perfect these? Like, you know, what's some of your short-term goals and what are some of the things that you've learned through all this kind of craziness? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, that's it's an interesting one because I, I think about that a lot. Uh, the first thing I'll say is uh, I, I don't treat um, success or happiness as um, a place, a city, um, or a dollar amount. Um, I treat happiness and success as like a journey. And it's everything that I'm going through right now, everything that I'm learning, um, everything that I might make a small mistake on or, uh, you know, or things I, I'm executing well on, you know, like that, that to me is like my goal is just to keep really doing what I'm doing um, and, you know, become better and better and uh, find new and innovative ways to run things bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, so I think, I think that's the first one, man. And, um, you know, number two is, you know, my, my goal is is to live a you know a, a very uh, I, I'm trying to even think the words for it as I just I really want to live um, a, a lifestyle that I can live on my own terms. Uh, I bring my you know and make sure my family's good and I bring my friends along with me. And you know that's always been the kind of person I am is I've always been that guy that's like the life of the party. And I want everyone to, you know, have a good time. And, you know, that's, that's what pushes me, man. Um, you know, my, my, my friends that are around me today, um, I can say that I found my group. I found my clique of people um, that push me 
you know, to keep going, to keep innovating, find new business things to jump into. And I'm not saying, you know, I want to go, you know, start, you know, three more businesses. Um, I got to execute on what I'm in because I got my hands full the way it is. Um, but I'm also not going to, uh, you know, shut the door and say I'm not open to another venture uh, in the future. But uh, my goal right now is to, you know, make sure I'm executing uh, at a very high level on everything that I'm touching day in and day out. Uh, you know, have some fun while I do it. And, you know, just, just really enjoy the wave, man. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, life's too short not to in- enjoy every single day. And I, I, don't, I don't have a, you know, a dollar amount I want to make. I don't have a certain amount of, um, you, you know, uh, just like there, there's no like, you know, a, a lot of people, you know, treat, you know, happiness as like this like destination or success is like when I get here. Um, but once you become an entrepreneur and you're kind of in these trenches, you're going to realize that like you're never really going to find an endpoint because that's part of like that's 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 part of the features of an entrepreneur is just you want to keep doing more you want to do better you want to like you want to continue to grow evolve so it's just like it's it's just a revolving door man and i think is you really just uh you got to make sure that you're you're passionate about what you do um and make sure that that group of people around you is you know what you want and the possibilities truly are endless Hey, man, I'll tell you what, this has been awesome. Thanks for sharing your views here. For sure. The hospitality of hosting me. Yes, sir. Having some Pendleton with me. Yes. Um, but to wrap up, I do have some rapid-fire questions for yeah. you, so we're going to run through those. Let's hear it. And then we'll, we'll let you plug everybody, and I'll, I'll post that as I post the podcast. So you may have answered this one, uh, but you might be able to elaborate. Yeah. Tell us about one of your darkest and hardest times that you pushed through. Got it. So I, I honestly, I really think like, you know, talking about like my, my story a little bit, um, the hardest, the hardest thing for me was, you know, going through what I did, um, you know, with my family, being, being away from family, um, you know, knowing, knowing that like, for example, my mom was, you know, hurting, knowing that my, you know, my, my father, someone that as, as a male, you look up to your father. And, you know, I think looking up to someone that uh, I did and I, I seen his rise and, you know, from going to from, you know, very, you know, you know, very low and really struggling as a as an early family to reaching such a point of success, but then also losing it. And I think it was a mixture between seeing someone I looked up to absolutely lose it all. Uh, and then additionally, the pain and the hurt that that caused my family uh, because of his actions. That's great. On the opposite end, who do you want to shout out for being your biggest inspiration or motivator? Honestly, like my friends, man. Like, like, my, like my friends are really, uh, as I said earlier, like I have a good group um, of people in my life. Um, and my friends... Are, are pushing me to continue uh, to be better and better every day because uh, that's, that's the beauty, man, of, of having friends that are, got, got, that are on that same wavelength as you. Um, you know, people that you click with communicate on the daily 
uh, you see, you hear, um, you know, everything that they're doing, um, that, want, that, that, that makes you want to go just as hard. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, my friends are like a big motivator to me. Um, you know, they keep me going. Um, and then, I, you know, I got to show love to moms. Yeah, so, uh, you know, moms, uh, moms and I are, have a very close relationship. Um, you know, I really look up, uh, you know, to her for uh, growing up in small town Montana. She was born and raised, you know, there. Um, she was married to my dad for 35 years. And, you know, she walked away from uh, 35 years of marriage and um, not knowing anything different uh, than a town of 150 people <laughs> to moving to Bozeman, Montana and, you know, being as happy and successful as she is today. So um, shout, out, shout out to mom for, oh, yeah, for having that, um, you know, just, just tough, man. Like was put through the ringer and uh here she is today so friends and mama man they inspire me now if you could give the audience a simple life tip or hack what would it be Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i i think it's it, it's like it's, it's that quote i said earlier is you know um you know don't treat happiness um as a destination do not, do not, do not think that you will be happy when you get a certain level of money, get a certain job, or get a certain car. Um, happiness is that journey, um, and enjoy that ride. Um, and you know, just one thing I will say on that is, if if you look at life as happiness is a destination, you are going to live majority of your life actually unhappy. Because if you're not going to be happy until you get to point B, that entire time from point A to point B, you're like, well, I'm unhappy, I'm unhappy, I'm unhappy, I'm unhappy because I'm not there yet. You know, enjoy every day for what it is, control what you can, make yourself better day in and day out, and you're going to be able to get to that destination quicker, which is going to, number one, increase your overall happiness, but number two, um, you're not going to life, you know, live your life miserable majority of the time up until you get to that point. Kind of said it better myself. Uh, do you credit your success to luck, hard work, or being in the right place at the right time? Uh, I will say hard work. Um, hard work always pays off. Uh, work ethic always pays off. Um, to tie in those other uh, options, uh, yes, you, you do need to surround yourself with the right people. Um, there is timing sometimes. Uh, I'm gonna be very real. There, there is timing that sometimes comes into play. But end of the day, hard work's always gonna pay off. It, it, it does not matter. Um, you, you put your head down, you, you put in the required work, uh, and one day, some way, somehow, it'll eventually pay off. A Mark Cuban quote I like is he says, um, if you worked hard to get where you're at, someone's working harder now to take that away from you if you get caught slipping. Something yep. like that. I was like, damn, that's deep. 100%. Throughout your adult, your young adult life, what has been your most humbling moment and what's been your highest of highs? So I think with that is um, I, and I'll, I'll go into what I mean by this is um, I've, I've learned to respect um, the process. And what I mean by respecting the process is uh, throughout, throughout my life, 
um, I look at you know many different many different periods, right? Um, everything from you know coming from a, a family where my you know dad was really trying to make it and you know losing a business and my mom you know barely making ends meet and you know my my grandparents were a huge part um, of, of raising us as well because my mom and dad were working so hard to try to make it and you know I I I can say you know coming from coming from that but then also you know coming from just like yeah like we're just a regular kind of middle-class family my parents are you know doing well but then also you know seeing my you know my, my, my dad and unfortunately you know the drugs and the alcohol have caused that that high that he had to you know pretty much lose it um, I've really learned to respect every you know level of life and um, respect every every phase of the life that you go through and it's really humbled me you know as a person and uh, I look at you know people that are you know, struggling, you know, I, I'm in Las Vegas, Nevada. I have, I have homeless people, you know, that are just, you know, I walk, I walk down to, you know, the store. I'm like tripping over a homeless person, you know. So I, I've really learned to respect, you know, where people are at in life. And also, you know, there's, there's, there's people out there that have it a lot tougher, um, you know, than what I have or what I've even ever experienced. Um, but what I can say is, is I have experienced a lot of levels of life throughout the years and whether that's you know a childhood growing up with my family um, whether that's being you know uh, you know the, the highs of you know having an unlimited cash flow in in college to you know being uh, you know being in these different cities that I'm just I'm kind of lonely you know I, I don't know anyone I'm, I'm new I just moved somewhere I got you know I look at the Bay Area you know I moved to the Bay Area where I you know really didn't know someone or you know didn't know anyone I got personal stuff going on. My family's falling apart. Um, you know, I, I didn't touch on this, but you know, going into California, managing some of these stores, like I got a lot of pushback from employees. Like work was not easy either. So um, I've really just learned, man, that like life is full of of ups and downs. Um, you're gonna have you're gonna have low days. You're gonna have high days, and you have in betweens. And I just, I've really feel that like I've experienced a lot of those. And at this point, like I can get through anything. And I've, I've been humbled because I have experienced all those different levels. And it just, it's, it's created like this mindset where I am today. So no specific, like damn yeah. humble moment, no specific yeah. high moment, just the whole journey. Yeah. You know, I think, um, and, and, and to be honest, I have a, I have a very hard time with a high because I have such high expectations of myself. You know, I think, you know, you look at like, you know, highs, I can say, you know, launching niche clothing was, you know, something that being me so passionate about, you know, clothing and shoes and style and fashion, uh, since I was yay tall, I think that truthfully was like probably one of my most recent highs because it was a good feeling. You know, something I worked on you know, with, with Isaiah for, you know, a year and a half, finally get brought to life, see a website go live, uh, see someone go to my website and I get a notification on Shopify that they placed an order. Like that, 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 that was probably like a high I can say, you know, from recently, but I have so many highs. Like my next high is gonna be, you know, getting this into, you know, a bunch of dispensaries across, you know, the US. And, you know, maybe another high is, you know, you know, uh, hopefully the landscape company continues to grow, you know, in Montana or maybe, 
I, you know, I look forward to, you know, having a record day on, you know, option trading, making the most <laughs> amount of money, you know, in a, in a, in a day that I have. So, um, yeah, dude, I just, I, I really like, I try not to look at, you know, like highs and lows, you know, too much because I, I think, I think every day can be great. I think every day I, I, I can find something good and like, this is a good day. Like this is a, you know, um, yeah, man, <laughs> right, it's, man. Uh, that's a tough one. That, that, that's a tough one. No, I, I feel you. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of similar. I, I, I've always been taught to be the swan is the analogy. Yeah. yeah. A swan is beautiful above water. Everyone yep. sees it. It's calm, cool, collected. Yeah. And what's happening under the water, the fucking legs are going to town, exactly. right? Exactly. So you, there's highs, there's lows. I'm always trying to stay in between. It's yep. definitely a management thing that I learned. Yep. And, uh, but sometimes I forget to look back at what some of those highs and lows were yeah. and like seeing how far I've come and all those experience in the journey. Yep. So I definitely recommend, you know, yeah. don't forget to take a look back because sometimes you're like, damn, because I know I, I'm very hard on myself as well. Yeah. I'm a perfectionist and it's like, damn, yep. like this isn't going, this isn't going. Yep. It's like, dude, but look at how far, look at all the exactly. shit that we've come from. So Yeah. yeah. And I, I think you're, you're going on, you know, something great is you have to, uh, you have to sit back and reflect. And, you know, I, I'm the same way. I'm very hard on myself. I'm going hard daily, man. Like I, I sit down at night. I, I can barely sleep at night because I, my head is just all night. Like what could I have done today? What did I need to do? Did I get this done? Like what do I got to do tomorrow? It's just it's a constant like revolving, you know, door of that. So I think the, um, you know, the, the highs and lows when, when you're like a, um, you know, really trying to be that up and coming entrepreneur and really create that lifestyle you want. It's, it's hard because it, it, it's full of highs, it's, but it's also full of lows, you know? Yep. So Kind of right the middle. Yep. Last question for you. Are you a man of routines? Do you have a routine today? Yeah. And how has that evolved since, I guess, entrepreneurship? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Do you believe in man, them in the first that's, place? Uh, yeah. So I'm like, I'm a huge routine guy. So I'm like... I, um, I'm almost like, like OCD with like how I do things, to be honest. Uh, it, it's a little out of control, but, um, yeah, you know, you know, high level, I can say that, um, my routine has slowly like evolved and changed. Um, and I think when you get into the like, entrepreneur world, um, you start realizing like what is needed to function at the high level that you need to. Um, and I think it's just, you, you start really figuring out like, okay, like I have to have time management. I have to have structure. I have to have organization. So um, that is something I, I would say today, I'm probably the best that I've ever been with where I'm at from like a routine perspective. So uh, I'm the guy that like, I, I pretty much have to work out um, in the morning. So I start every morning uh, working out. Uh, it is my way of having like me time. Uh, I, I'm like a music fiend as well. Uh, and I just, I put in my headphones and I just do my thing. Like it's that like hour to an hour and a half per day that I really just like, okay, this is me time. Um, I'm getting like my mind right. I'm getting my body right. And this is time for me just to, you know, like burn some calories, get some exercise. Um, and to me, it gives me so much more energy when I start my day off, you know, with the work. The hardest part of the day is done. The yep. rest of the day is easy. That's exactly. How my, that's how I feel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, that's, that's the first thing I will say. 
Um, I've gotten uh, I've gotten very um, structured with like kind of mapping out my day. So uh, at nighttime, uh, before the gym, you know, obviously the next morning, um, I've really gotten big on my notepad. So uh, my notepad in my phone is like, it's it looks like a movie script. Like I literally just like every day I'm like editing, changing, whatever. Um, so I guess I'm actually gonna start with the night. So you know, you know, so night prior, night prior, I really like to use my notepad, kind of map out my day. Um, what needs to be done from a day job perspective? Um, I, I make sure I take a look at my calendar for my day job. Make sure that I'm like, okay, hey, this is what I got to do tomorrow for my day job. Because end of the day, my day job is what's allowing me to you know fund these different ventures. And um, you know I've been blessed to you know start all of these with uh, essentially no overhead, um, a lot of money just out of pocket, and taking money that um, hard work money uh, you know from my day job, taking that extra money and dumping it into these different things. But uh, so yeah, you know, mapping out your day night prior, um, I think having structure and organization as you go into the next day, um, me, I just feel good about it. Um, I know that after I get some me time, uh, get that workout in, I'm able to kind of attack the day and say, okay, hey, this is what I gotta get done today. Um, you know, my, my day routine is a little crazy right now because uh, I'm often on conference calls for my day job from about eight to four. So eight to four in my day is, you know, some, some AT&T calls. If I got some spare time, I'm gonna sprinkle in a little work on home kits. I'm gonna sprinkle in a little time on, you know, niche. I'm gonna, you know, maybe, um, you know, review some different stock stuff. But uh, it's, it's, it, it's a lot of like organization, I will say, um, from like the previous night perspective. So I know what I gotta get done going into that next day. Um, you know, something I, I started recently that I, I think is like really good to share um, is I started taking uh, about an hour out of my day and uh, just researching something that like I'm passionate about um, or what I'm interested in. So I, a lot of viewers probably hear everything going on with like the NFT world, uh, the metaverse, um, along with, you know, stock options. Um, I'm involved in like crypto as well. So, you know, there's this, this whole new uh, generation of, of money that's coming out right now with um, the NFTs and the crazy world of crypto and metaverse, people buying virtual land and yachts. And it's just, it just craziness, to be honest. It's Ready Player One, dude. Yeah. The movie it just is. came out and now it we're is. in it. I'm like, what, the what happened, bro? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's... Um, that, like that's a you know a, a, a big um, part that I'd like to be doing you know recently um, I will 100% admit and I, I'm saying this to hold myself accountable um, in COVID I was reading very consistently um, knocking out you know multiple books a month um, I do try to read uh, on a daily basis um, whatever that might be whether it's five pages ten pages whatever it is um, I, I try to to make sure I'm always getting that time in as well so. Um, you know, after, after that, man, it's, it's really just more like organizing what tasks are at hand, um, you know, for any businesses that I'm involved in. And, you know, after I knock out my day job, after I take some time to maybe do anything, you know, knowledge research I'm interested in, um, I spend a lot of time, man, just knocking out miscellaneous things that I have to do at night. And uh, the, the other aspect I, I forgot to sprinkle in there 
is you know typically uh, before gym. Um, I, I've I've done you know my my stock options and you know day trading stuff. Um, I've went in waves. Uh, a lot of it really depends on like my workload and what I'm doing. But um, if I'm if I'm uh, consistently trading uh, prior to the gym, I actually have to kind of map out time um, to do a bit of uh, a little bit of research, whether it's the night prior or whether it's in the morning uh, before that bell ticks at 6:30 a.m. So I. Uh, what I'm doing, man, right now, I really, it, it's like, um, I call it organized chaos. Um, my, 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 my day is organized chaos. I try to stay as organized as possible based on what I'm doing. Um, and, you know, just, just really, just really try to knock out one thing at a time to not lose my sanity. Priorities, <laughs> priorities. Yeah, man. So, I, as I said, I'm not like, a, when, when you're involved with a lot of different things, um, plus a day job, plus trying to do like, you know, some side stuff like, you know, trading. It's a lot of just like figuring out how I can fit in what I got to fit in on a day in day out basis. So um, my cookie cutter routine is uh, a little bit like this. Yeah, yeah. I think that's everybody, right? <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. Well, um, I think the biggest thing is niche clothing, Potentially the home kit. I don't know if that's a consumer thing right now or just the the dispensaries. Both. It's both. So it's uh, edible home kit. Um, the, the the website we're actually making some tweaks to it. Um, actually did a little bit different design. There's a new box that's going to be coming out. Uh, so some small tweaks to the website. It will be available to consumers um, online uh, and also hopefully available in uh, dispensaries soon. And uh, niche clothing uh, website is live. So. So what's the website? Is there, there a website they could go to for now? Is there social medias that you want to plug yeah, on? Yeah, 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 for sure. So, um, so uh, uh, for niche, it is, uh, it's uh, at niche clothing um, on Instagram. Um, it is also uh, nicheclothing.com as far as the website goes. Simple enough. Yep, very <laughs> simple. Um, uh, the home kit uh, is actually right on the side here. It's uh, uh, ediblesshomekit.com uh, uh, where you're going to be able to find uh, our home kits online. Consumers can purchase right from the website. Uh, there's different molds you can choose from and mixtures. And then uh, hopefully soon when we get into the dispensaries. So. And then is, what about manscaping or manscaping? Manscaping, yes. They're, they're yes. So I, I have if, a lot of Montana viewers. Listen, most of the viewers right now. Yes. So. <laughs> so listen, guys, if you are in, if you are in Missoula, Montana, um, you need to check out uh, manscaping. Uh, we got a great crew uh, that is working uh, in Missoula. Um, I believe, I actually don't know um, the ats, um, but I will make sure to provide those for you. I'll make them post. And uh, yeah, the, the you, know, you know, manscaping, uh, you're able to, you know, make appointments and stuff online, get quotes. Um, you know, we, we are active um, on Facebook. We are active on Instagram. So uh, many different ways to, to, const, uh, to contact manscaping if, uh, you want to get that lawn looking right. Or the snow. Yep, or the snow. <laughs> snow removal in the winter, man. Yeah, that's big. Pray, cool. for, hey, yo, pray for some snow in Missoula, man. Uh, I'm a skier, dude, so I'm ready for ski season. All the mountains are opening yeah. up late. So. Love it. Love awesome. It. Well, I appreciate your yes, time thank again. You for your time, Thanks bro. for the hospitality. This has been great. Just as inspiring for me. That's what Business Bucket's all about. I get to yeah. learn a little on the way, too. So, for again, sure. thanks for your time, and I'll make sure to let you know when it posts and post it all out for everybody else. Love it, man. Thank cool. you so much.